Guys, welcome to Minefields, issue 102. Tony Morales, what's going on, brother? Man, it's another day in paradise. What can I say? Freaking, you know, ready for a you know, long week of work. Freaking, looking to listen to, listen, ready to BS about some comic books. BS about some Suicide Squad. Dude, man, it was it was the juice, man. Like it, like it was like, God, the, the it, like the 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 most prevalent meme I've followed that like it just hits better was like the the meme of like swimming all day in the pool when you're like 10 years old and then there's a picture of like a sandwich like with a shitload of Doritos in it and a Kool-Aid jammer and I was like yeah that does hit different <laughs> yeah no I remember those days yeah the, that oh, is it, it's, gonna be the, it's gonna be the freaking uh, yeah then cool the cool ranch not Doritos though oh which, what's your what's your preference oh he's a cool ranch man hmm or they said it didn't have to be gotcha no, it's, oh, no it's, it's gotta be I love that that's a that's my personal. Especially when you get that one with just the right amount of freaking stuff on it. Man, someone someone posted a picture of a Doritos Cool Ranch the other day that was covered in spice. It was beautiful. <laughs> like it was like it was like they they posted it as like the 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 Cool Ranch Dorito of the gods, and they weren't bullshit. <laughs> but. Now, it was... So the, this is the Doritos that eat on Mount Olympus. On Mount Olympus, while Zeus is downstairs banging horses. <laughs> Aww. It happens, man. If you're into Greek stuff, you know that Zeus was, you know, he just, he didn't discriminate. <laughs> Suppose you're right. Suppose you're right. <laughs> now, on the flip side, parallel, different vibration. Now, it did hit hard swimming awesome chips in the sandwich with your buddies Kool-Aid jammers, but the better part is, like we said the other day, is it hits so much harder when we go to the comic stores and see the comics behind the shelf and be like, I will take that one, sir. <laughs> yeah, indeed. No, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think to mention it. We, we went to a uh, an open grand opening of a new store this week. God bless them, man. I hope they kick yep. ass. REC Comics. Over there off of North Union. Right under the, uh, right under and next to the uh, Korean massage sign. This is true. This is true. I was hoping that would yeah. be a gimmick. It'd be great to go get a massage <laughs> by some comics. I'll be hell of a way to spend a day. I will give you that. Yeah, I know, right? They, they, they were nice gentlemen. We got some great finds. I got, oh, we got to, we got to hit that place up on Saturday because uh, Saturday uh, we're going to be limit pushing all week because you and I basically have forty more hours this week, and. Um, we got to hit up, uh, it's free comic book uh, day this weekend, this Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday, August 15th. Looking forward to it, man. It's going to be freaking, hopefully we get some good stuff. Freaking, I don't, I, I personally don't know which ones are up, but I know you're definitely looking for a few ones in particular. Yeah, there's a new Batman one, and there's also the uh, House of Slaughter I have to have. And I nice. Gotta, and I got to get my, my uh, variant House of Slaughter over there from RC, man. Like, I, like, I, I've. It's in the pocket. You gotta go get it. Man. Oh, that's true, huh? Because I, I, uh, I, I went straight for the bone. I freaking went and got my first appearance of Spider-Man 2099. I picked up an Onslaught Reborn and picked up a first appearance of freaking Orphan. Yeah, you did. So, I was able to do that. You got you had a couple ones, but you had your eye on that freaking that special one on the wall. Yeah. But I got my Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly, uh, Batman and Robin, and I'm going to get the rest of them this weekend, too. 
in House, uh, not House Letter, uh, something Skill in the Children, man, like that one, I can't believe a Tinian comic slipped past us. Now, before we get into all the awesomeness, man, how fucking bummed were you when you found out Tinian's done with DC? It was a shocker, man. Like, I've, he's been he's been on top of like other than Zadarsky right now. He's probably top of his game right now. he's he's got his he's got his freaking fingers in a lot of pies. Yeah. And I was you know I've been you know been watching his run on Batman ever since he took over from Tom King and freaking. It's been epic, you know. We've gotten we've got new characters like Ghostmaker and freaking Clown Hunter, and you know, freaking Punchline, Too Vile. We got we got all kinds of all kinds of goodies, freaking from the mind of Tinian and freaking. It's gonna be sad to see. You know, I'm hoping the freaking they can continue that ride, but it's gonna be sad seeing them go. I agree. I agree. And like uh, we we were talking about this a couple weeks ago about how this is such a renaissance, not renaissance, but like golden age for us right now because everything is just running wild. I mean, we've got just like you said, we've got Zadarsky on Daredevil, which never misses the mark. Mm-hmm. We've got Jonathan Hickman running everything on on X Men. Tinian just obliterating on bat everything. Batman just handling everything. I read that when King got fired, like sales were in the crapper. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, Tinian took over, uh, they were they were neck and neck with everything Hickman, man, which I think is a big feat. Because if I was out of I was out of the Batman game for a while, man, and then that's when I got back in, and it, this, nice. th- things like were going really well. I noticed I was buying everything Batman, and and then you came along, and like it was just like it was just kismet kick assness, and I, I wish him the best. I'm not. I'm not sad in, in a, like, like, I'm excited for him because he's taken that image plunge where he's going into his own titles because, because he already knows something is killing the children is the, one of the hottest, like, Ed told us, like, can't keep it in yeah. stock. Mm-hmm. Can't keep it in stock. Um, but, uh, let's, uh, wish him some well, well wishes, some minefield, uh, uh, Hawk Mahoy. <laughs> Good luck in your future endeavors. A fine mohawk to you all. Um, all right. Merry so, mohawks. Merry mohawks. Merry. Suicide Squad. Dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Not to say, uh, to say I was pleasantly surprised is quite the understatement. Friggin', we you know, we, we, had, we, had, we, had, we had high we had high hopes going into this James Gunn. And Gunn, if nothing else, freaking can take a bunch of no-named characters and make them into something you really, really want to watch. And boy, howdy. Boy, howdy, indeed. Did he freaking deliver on Suicide Squad. Jiminy Jilliker's radioactive, man. That was... uh, It was a... I called you... What did I call you? Like five times during when I was watching it? Or texted you like 30 times? You texted me quite a bit. You thought I was giving you spoilers. I, no, I was not going to give you No, no, I know. I almost, yeah, I almost was like, I'm going to punch Josh in the face. Because <laughs> you sent me something, it was about uh, freaking... King Shark number one. King Shark number one. And I just saw King Shark, duh. And I was like, oh, I'm going to punch it. If this guy's giving me spoilers. <laughs> it, it is on, like, the proverbial Donkey Kong. Dude, and I would have deserved it had I given you <laughs> any. Uh, so, I'd, have, I'd have given you the first shot free. Yeah. It's just go ahead, just get it over with, man. Just like you know, just avoid the nose. <laughs> but, 
void the nose in the in the orbital uh, socket there, and I'll, I'll be fine. I, I'll, yeah. <laughs> Not the first time I've taken a shot to the face. That's okay. Yeah. God damn. But yeah, no. Freaking no, it was a uh, it was good, man. Freaking wasn't you know part of it was part of what I expected. Part of it was freaking just it was good. It just it it was. You know, like, I, I, we, I've made a joke before that I'm kind of a, the original Suicide Squad movie I'm an apologist for. Like, I, I, will, I will die on the hill that the freaking cast was immaculately put together. Agreed. That, that, is, that is true. But freaking the story just did not deliver. I, I make the joke, you know, all the time. Freaking the first Suicide Squad, uh, Suicide Squad movie, the whole storyline was basically... Oh hey, my girlfriend's in trouble. I need this group of villains to go save her. That's not that is not a valid reason to put the Suicide Squad together. Not in the least. This movie, freaking this this movie gave you a reason to freaking put a squad together. Phenomenal point. And and valid points and all, freaking you know. Heading into spoiler territory, ten to one. So yeah, beware. Yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, you're about to get fucked. So, but yeah, no, the fact they went to a free, a foreign country, you know, they had to, you know, break into a government building and freaking, you know, break into a, a lab and turns out that the U S government's involved in it all, but they can't find out about it. You know, that is a reason for the suicide squad to come together to, you know, try not to cause an international incident, but boy, howdy yet again. They could cause an international incident. You're getting so you're getting too far. A couple things I want to like just uh, bookend here. Uh, not only was it a great reason for the Suicide Squad together, it was the perfect reason, a nefarious reason. It's not like the Suicide Squad doesn't get together, uh, aka Task Force X, uh, which we really need to hammer home. That's actually what they're really called. It's the nickname Suicide Squad. Um, mm-hmm. That yeah, they they're 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 to cover something up. Amanda Waller. Plus, the juice. Oh, dude, she's like, well, you wouldn't really do that. You have no idea what I'd do. Like, fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have no, no idea what I'd do. Viola Davis, dude, Viola Davis is a freaking treasure. Like, she she might actually be the baddest woman on the planet. Today's her birthday. Oh, you guys share a birthday, I hear. Yes, we do. Uh, along with Joe Rogan and the Hulkster. One of those is way cooler than the other. Yeah, Viola Davis but. shits on all of them, including myself. <laughs> uh, she don't give a fuck. Like, like, can you imagine a woman so calm, collected, where she's like, "You have no idea what I'd do." Like, motherfucker, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> like, and then just like she, she, she blows his head up. Like, no, no problem. Like, like, and they're like, "Fuck, open it up." And then like, real calmly, like, I gotta do some golfing. I'm gonna look like shit, you know? <laughs> like, um, yeah. okay, woman, goddamn, like. Um, uh, also, um, the task itself, forming, forming the crew, that, that was a little, like, I had to rewind it, like, okay. I had to rewind it, like, what's he do, throw polka dots at people, and just the, the look of just, like, don't even, like, stop asking questions, motherfucker. <laughs> He throws polka dots at people, and then like, hey, polka dot man, you fucking pussy! <laughs> and, and then, like, it just pans out, and the and fucking weasel's just, like, full-on window licker. What is he? He's a window licker. That's a term. It means retard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, 
before we get to the next part, the last bookend is is the forming of the team. I'll make you a leader yet. Yeah. And then we'll we'll we'll, we'll circle back to that one, but wait, take point now, brother, because you, you, we're on the jazz. Oh no, we got you know we got freaking we got blood sport over here. We got he doesn't wanna you know he doesn't wanna be a member of the Suicide Squad. He has no interest in no matter what the situation is. He recognizes that if you say yes, you're basically her puppet. Yeah. And freaking they turn around and they use his own daughter oh, to freaking get to get him on the team. And freaking they, Amanda Waller threatens his daughter. And that's that's like the first time you really see how hardcore Waller is, because she doesn't bat an eye about it. You know, he's got, you know, a weapon to her throat. I mean, it's like a pencil, if I remember correctly. Uh, a pencil. Now, uh, if I was if I was a, a a whisper in James Gunn's ear during that scene, I would have done a quick flashback of the girl at a store seeing that TV watch. And then it hypnotizing her, like Waller, like doing something, watching her, and then putting something on that watch that made her want to steal it, like, like to make it even that more fucked, <laughs> like, like. She... And that, that's possible. Yeah, I could see that, but that... I mean, the whole thing is that you Waller, you she uses people's mistakes. She knows, she knows what people, what people are what people, at, at their core. And she is more than willing to exploit that for her own gains. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is, though, freaking, like I think we've talked about it previously, I can't remember if we talked about it on screen or off, but it does Waller do that because she's just, the, you know, she has a thing for control? Or does she do that because she is willing to sacrifice herself and her ideals or for, for the betterment of the United States? That's such a great point, especially after two issues of Suicide Squad ago, when Peacemaker was in her office after Red X absconded. And mm-hmm. the, their little tete-a-tete there was like, you know, she could have gotten murdered right then and there, but no one even, no one had the balls to kill her. Even Peacemaker at that time, and like, no, he, he could have gotten away with it. He could have thrown her off that fucking, like, ledge in the water. He didn't. Yeah. And, and, and nobody's going to think twice about it. No. <laughs> you know, and freaking, that's, that's the thing, is, you know, is Waller really that hardcore? Is it all an act? You know, at the end of the day, you know, everybody, you know, everybody's gonna go home to something. Yeah. You know, what what is Amanda Waller's free time like? Yeah, I think. What does she do? What What does she do on a day off? Oh, dude, that would be an amazing issue. The way that we talked about the GI Joe silent issue. Hmm. Uh, just uh, if there was a silent issue on Waller. Uh, actually, we're gonna have to edit this out. That way, no one steals our idea. Nah, screw it. It's gonna get stolen anyway. Nah, we'll, somebody will come up with it. No, nah, we'll come up with it. We're gonna fucking push that. Out. <laughs> we can come up with a silent issue, dude. Minefields That's after true. dark just like come up with a scaffolding of what like Amanda Waller would do in a day when she's got the day off and like the phones buzzing, uh, like she sees something on a TV, just looks away. Yeah. But where does she go? What does she do? Continue, continue. Uh, let's go to the death, because uh, it, it is not a minefield episode, or a... Uh, if murder doesn't attack, murder doesn't happen. And a bet. <laughs> and a bet. We do we do a lot of bets. Yes, this is true. And a bet. But yeah, no, we, we, had the, uh, we had the bet. Freaking just a gentleman's wager, nothing on the line. Mm-hmm. Freaking uh, who would be the first one to perish? You know, I thought it would be Javelin. You thought it would be Peacemaker. And we were both wrong. 
So I was, I mean, eh. it was it was really interesting. There was definitely a lot of a uh, a nod to Deadpool in my mind, just because of the way you know we they show up on the island of Corto Maltese, and freaking in the first five minutes, half the team is obliterated. <laughs> Obliterated. Or actually, three quarters of the team that we knew about was obliterated. <laughs> uh, God, what a they l- were basically they were basically sacrificial lambs. Uh, I've got a distraction. <laughs> you know, just so what four or five other members could sneak in through the opposite side and freaking get caught, you know, or get away with it and get into the actual island. Oh man, like that was something else. Like the the death scene. It, it was hilarious. Um, it was. It was. I got to say, you're right. It was all a Deadpool when X Force forms, but I, I didn't. My my cynical mind. It, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it was played for laughs the way X like the the massacre of X Force was played for laughs. Like X Force really did a lot of, you know, oh stupid stupid stuff. Like a guy flew into a bus or a guy flew into a wood chipper. Yeah. You know stuff like that. You know this was. These people were just obliterated, either via, you know, via the the opposition or via their own stupidity and freaking trying to think they could jump onto a moving helicopter <laughs> and having it crash. Yep. And not knowing what to do when it crashes. One thing we do have to uh, really come to terms with and recognize here is the fact that we were so ready for this movie that even. My cynical mind it didn't land on Deadpool during that. There was no point of this movie where I was like, oh, they did that in this. They did that in this. I was just a total blank fucking slate. Like, uh, suspense of disbelief and knowledge of comics was out the window, except trying mm-hmm. to remember what I knew of, about the individual characters. Like, I, and, yeah. and, and in hindsight. And even, even that, I feel like, was rare. You know, you had, like, the big guy, like, Harley Quinn, you know about. Freaking Captain Boomerang, you know about. King Shark, you know about. Waller, you know about. Basically everybody else, because like, we'd had that conversation with Colin last week, yeah. where Colin, Colin was like, "I can't choose, you know, who's gonna die first. I don't know the characters," and it, it's freaking the Suicide Squad, you know. Other than a couple of characters, a lot of them are gonna be, you know, DF graders oh. that freaking are just around. You know, some people are just around to get their heads blown off. Some people you grow to care about over time, and freaking. But it, it for the most part, it's freaking a crap ton. Of like D and F listers at best. Oh, G and R listers, man. Like, uh, yeah, uh, it was back to the Deadpool thing. It had to. I didn't think it was a rip off Deadpool. I think that sort of thing had to happen to establish the uh, the pathos. The ruthlessness, ruthlessness of Lawler of Waller was definitely. Oh, hundred like, percent. Like she sent them to die. <laughs> yeah. Like that was what it was. She sent that team to die. Just you, 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 you're, you're freaking just there to be a distraction. She knew Pete Davidson was going to betray them. Like, how did uh, he? How the hell did he betray them? Like, what? He had a cell phone up his ass, and there's nothing that he could have done that Waller did not know what he was doing. Like, yeah. Like, and she was probably counting on it. He shows up, ruins the whole thing. We got Captain Flag. What the fuck are you doing? We got a. Uh, what was it? Uh, a lot of good laughs on the on the plane there, but uh, mm-hmm. was it the the detachable kid? What was it? Um, TDK. <laughs> your names are initials, or your names are letters? All names are letters. He was like bitch fighting them. 
<laughs> oh yeah. It was a bitch slap fight. <laughs> no, don't hit me. <laughs> and they're shooting his hands, and he's just laying there, like they're just, <laughs> let's just... shaking and convulsing. <laughs> and uh, and then we get to the real Suicide Squad, and then that's when they showed Idris Elba's name, and that's when they showed John Cena's name. If uh, mm-hmm. if if you, if you go back to it, like that's when like okay, here's the real one. <laughs> here's the real one. And, uh, Here's the meat and potatoes, as you're so fond to say. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the the happy meal you fed your kid uh, on the way to the the good restaurant to keep his ass like in her shut, so you can enjoy your meal <laughs> at the good place. Yeah. At the good place. I mean, now, now, the question is though, was like you know the freaking of the of the you know Suicide Squad that passed in the first couple minutes, the first act. Freaking, it's interesting to see that Harley and freaking... Flag? You know, Flag were in that, were on that roster. So, like, so, you know, was was Waller trying to get rid of them? I think Waller was trying to definitely get rid of Harley, but I think there needed to be someone to make sure that at least they were trying to stay cohesive enough to, uh... To last? Yeah, to last long to last enough. To long enough to be sacrificed? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Ratcatcher 2. Uh, did you realize that was uh, Korg? It was Ratcatcher 1. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. There was uh, a couple of people from Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy in that. That was cool. Uh, the chick that Michael played... Michael Rooker, obviously. Well, Michael... Uh, no, then 3. Um, uh, the uh, the chick that plays... Uh, the, one of the dancers in the clubs was yeah. freaking... Um, Why am I spacing her name right now? I'm always spacing uh, Mantis. Mantis. Yeah. In between the... Uh, Fuck that man's mom. <laughs> the funny, the funniest thing I didn't re- catch it till later though is if you watch the uh, the dancing scene where Polka Dot Man's dancing, and all the people around him turn into his mom. Yeah. In the lower left hand corner, one of them turns into his mom, but has a full beard. <laughs> and I didn't catch I didn't catch that until I freaking uh, watched it on like some video on YouTube, and freaking like now I can't unsee it. It's just um, it's just. The same mom, but with a full beard. Now, uh, in particular, that scene and then the Harley scene when she goes full on Matrix and uh, Boondock Saints. Uh, I do want to talk about some technical things. We talked about the camera, the red mm-hmm. camera, like anywhere from sixty thousand to five thousand, um, doing the bullet time stuff without the full bullet time rig. You ever seen the making of the Matrix? Yeah. Uh, how they had all the cameras set up in like a spiral in a room, the green screen. They were mm-hmm. able to supersede all of that because the camera was small enough and to be on a swivel. Oh, okay. And that's why they they were able to pull all that stuff off. And then the other thing is, when I told you it's, like, the most visually dynamic movie I've seen since The Matrix is because, like, when they would zoom in, like, on Peacemaker's uh, helmet, and mm-hmm. you can perfectly see the, ma- the, the, the fight, but it's zooming back and forth. The, the, like, it's one of the reasons why I love working with you in uh, everything we've done, you've never... I told you when we first started working, just let me do my shit. If I get out of hand, tell me. But you've never wrangled me in or told me, like, don't do that or argued with my aesthetic choices. When Harley is fighting and all the flowers start coming out, why? Why? It still yeah. worked. It still worked. <laughs> it still worked. And I've pulled a couple of things on you like that before. And you're like, whatever. All right, cool. It did work. And uh, it, it, it really justified a lot of my aesthetic choices in uh, a lot of other, all the things we're working on in wrestling because you, you, you haven't fought me in that. You've, you've told me yes, no, but 
you've never been like, I don't understand it, I don't want to see it. Yeah, that's stupid. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And James Gunn had that full range, and as I run, wind this up, I think this movie was a full-on fuck you to Marvel for firing me. <laughs> um, just... I could definitely see it. I mean, they took they took a movie that, like I said, it the first Suicide Squad had its at its pluses, but it had a lot of minuses. Mm-hmm. Freaking, but you know, James Gunn took that. They took legitimately some of the, the weirdest characters in the DC universe. Starro, the thinker, poke that man. Yeah. Like <laughs> you you couldn't you couldn't introduce Starro in another movie. No, not at all. It just it is what it is. Freaking you couldn't you couldn't have had you couldn't have, people caring about Polka Dot Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was you know freaking, you know, throwing out throwing out characters like Weasel. Like I'd never heard of Weasel beforehand. Yeah. And you, Weasel was a Weasel was the guy from Deadpool. You've got you know? Yeah. And you've you've got most of the all the key issues of Suicide Squad. Yeah, I've got every I've got every issue since the uh, since they rebuild it in the new fifty two. I need to get that first Amanda Waller. I like of all the characters, I want the first Amanda Waller. I fucking yeah. love that woman. And like I said, most of these most of these characters haven't even if they've been on the squad, it's been brief. You know, you they, we're not seeing guys like you know, you know, Deadshot wasn't in there, or you know, freaking uh, Bronze Tiger wasn't in there. Correct. Killer Frost wasn't in there. You know, they're not they're not going for big time character like characters that were established as Suicide Squad members. You know, we had Boomerang, but Boomerang was a carryover from the first movie, and he wasn't you know he wasn't around very long in the second movie. Yeah, and freaking like. You could really, you know, you you weren't we weren't using a lot of key Suicide Squad characters. You know, Savant was in the first issue of the New Fifty Two, and then I think it was killed off really quick. Like by issue, if it wasn't killed off specifically in the first issue of New Fifty Two Suicide Squad, by issue three he was killed. I think of the first five when Fifty Two came out. I, I there was only like eight I kept up with. I think Jonah Hex, Voodoo. Suicide Squad, um, Green Lantern, um, but Suicide Squad is one I tuned out of one really fast. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is it's, it's just revolving. It's Other than, like, the the core characters, which are, like, two or three characters, it's a revolving door of characters. So, you're, like, you're never, you're never sure how long a member of the squad is going to actually last, which makes it, in my opinion, makes it a book worth reading because it's, like... You know, every issue is kind of a key issue because any issue, someone could die. Right. Oh, they killed. They even killed off Deadshot, freaking, in the last year. You're not. You're not wrong, man. And I, I, just on a in a nerd, like wavelength here, how justified did you feel throughout the whole thing? I mean, like of everything we focused on in the past year, because we're coming up on your year anniversary here. But yeah. of everything we died a year ago. <laughs> everything we focused. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've. Everything we focused on, we focused on some weird shit, and yeah. it really paid off. Like I really feel like like Suicide Squad was the like a cherry on top of a really good like Sunday or or like the perfect pizza we asked for, man. Like like it was it, it was great. I don't put cherries on my pizza, but you know, I got follow what you're saying. I, I thought you Puerto Ricans always put cherries on your pizza. No, 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 or pineapples, big pineapple eaters. Gotcha. Uh, well, I, I, I digress. Um. They make it unsure. 
funniest thing I I, I, I had to pause it. I was laughing so long. They, they execute every member of the resistance. <laughs> And they don't know it's the resistance. They don't know it's the resistance. Like, what are you guys doing here? Oh, uh, we're here to... To save you. <laughs> Meet up with you. <laughs> you killed everybody. <laughs> Fucking Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like the fact that, like, everybody thought South Soria was going to be, like, a gender-bent version of Juan Soria. Yeah. And, like, freaking, it was just a brand new character. Totally. And I kind of like I kind of like that fact that freaking it was just a new character, because like everybody like you like it was really huge in Wandavision a lot because everyone thought freaking Dormammu was gonna show up, or Mephisto, and like everyone was all butter that freaking Mephisto never showed up even though there were quote unquote all these clues. Right. There weren't there weren't any clues. You just read into something that wasn't there. Correct. And same thing with Salsoria. Everybody thought Salsoria was gonna be Juan Soria. And freaking, it wasn't. And it it was cool. It was fine. It was a good part of the movie. It, you know, she was a good character. It was a good you story. Know, just, just because you want, but just just because you you assume something's gonna be this way, freaking doesn't necessarily mean it's it is. But it also doesn't take away from the enjoy. It shouldn't take away from the enjoyment of the movie. Oh yeah. Oh, well, this person wasn't you know? there. This person wasn't there. Oh, uh, and then uh, not to mention all the dummies that think Idris Elba was just fucking Will Smith's character recast. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean that happened. You know, plus we got a we got a gender technically a gender bent version of Ratcatcher because they've never had Ratcatcher two. But like, she was seriously one of the best parts of the freaking movie. She was all. She was the heart. She was the heart and soul of that movie. Yeah. You know, she freaking uh, like I said, they took a character like Polka Dot Man and freaking. Basically made him freaking massively depressed and freaking, you know, grown at grown man and polka dots have mommy issues, and he was again one of the best parts of the freaking movie. Yep. He, uh, I gotta say, my favorite kill of the whole movie was when Cena and uh, <laughs> just over showing off. Just uh, mm -hmm. he uh, he shoots out the leg of that the the television stand and the TV falls in the guy's falls into tub. The tub. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> That was better that was than the, that was better than the exploding bullet. Like, but like yeah. uh, the Cena, the Cena. I'm um, sorry, the Peacekeeper and Bloodsport was just because uh, it's dope as fuck. Fuck, he's right. <laughs> it, yeah, their, their whole freaking love hate relationship was freaking easily freaking probably the best. The best told well, maybe not the best told story in the movie, but like it was definitely the best interplay between characters. Oof. That was. Then they they can't you know freaking at the end of and you know, it all comes together at the end freaking. Twelve minutes. It's earlier. it's good. The peacemaker is about to execute Ratcatcher two because I'm fucking thorough and I'm like okay. Mm -hmm. Thugonomics aside, I never bought his like his heel character. I never bought his uh, face character. I mean I liked his open challenge. But mm -hmm. when he turned full fucking heel, evil, like, like, it was a joke earlier. Remember, he's like, you know, uh, I stand for preserving peace and I'll kill every man, woman, and child to keep it that way. It was, it was a funny joke at first, but when he realized it was, he was serious. Killing, uh, of the two spoilers I wanted to text you, uh, if you see someone get stabbed in the heart, look away. And then also, uh, prepare Carrie for, uh, Pete Davidson to die real fast. <laughs> 
Uh, I decided. No, to... she, she didn't care. She. But her uh, face blown off and everything. The the look on Peacemaker's face. Bloodsport just fell what like six stories right like surfing one piece of concrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Takes two looks around and realizes what the hell's going on. And Peacemaker knows I either execute this bitch, or I die, or I try to kill this asshole. And and then it, it all came together. Like uh, of course, Bloodsport was listening. Smaller bullets. Fucking great. All these the little the little nuances. Like remember he said it at the beginning. Yep. Smaller the beginning, bullets. Yep. And he was listening. He wasn't fucking around. <clears throat> right in the throat. Yep. Right in the throat and. I'm still popping for that movie. I want to watch it right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was great, man. Freaking, I don't I don't know if it's necessarily the best DC movie they put out. No, no, not at all. But definitely easily top three. I still say Shazam. I still say Shazam is number one in terms of enjoyability. Yeah, and hard. And it was hell, hell of a story. Freaking, I think Suicide Squad definitely got it best, uh, better on the art, the art aspect of it. Agreed. And like, there's definitely. Like you definitely see some character growth from Harley Quinn, and you see overall you see some character growth from Ratcatcher, and freaking Bloodsport. Harley, I remember bitching about Harley uh, last week about how much mm-hmm. I used to love her, but uh, her little soliloquy when she executed El Presidente, and yeah. you know, it was, um, it I, I had a ghost of something past haunt me last week. I told you about. Mm-hmm. And her little soliloquy there, like, sobered me up from that shit, man. Like, she's like, I, I <laughs> promise. I, she said, I have such bad taste in men. I promise the next one that gave me a red flag, I would execute them. Not that I would do that to anybody, but I, you know, she but, used to date the joke. I had to. And uh, she's like, yeah, but you never look so beautiful with all of your ugliness pouring out of your body right now. Like, fucking hell. <laughs> like, that was. That like I've never seen Harley get so beautifully uh, humanized, other than the Harleen uh, four issue black label set that you still need to read. <clears throat> nice, yeah, I definitely need to check that one out. Um, the Thinker, that was funny. <laughs> oh, Thinker was great. Freaking, like, everybody was good, man. It was really kind of what it came down to. Was everything was freaking super solid. You know, James Gunn freaking takes, like I said, these D-list characters that you don't care about and makes them epic. Makes you know, freaking, you know, I remember, I remember, I think me and me and my wife went out to opening, opening weekend of Guardians of the Galaxy back when she was living in Texas. And I used to go down and visit her every other weekend. And we just happened to stop by. I was like, yeah, it's a Marvel movie. Let's just go check it out. And I remember walking out being like, oh, that was insanely good. Because like I said, you don't, you have no emotional attachment to most of these characters normally. And, like, you go in there with no expectations and you come out and you're just, like, blown away by the way these characters are presented. And Suicide Squad did a lot of the same, you know? Freaking, if you're, if you're into it, cool. You know, even if you're, you know, if you're not, you don't need to go in, you know, thinking about, oh, I need to catch up on all the issues and find out who everybody is. Right. It that that does not matter. Nope, not at all. You know, I'm, you I'm, just go. You go in. You don't need to care. If you just go in there, freaking get yourself some food and have a good time. As we wind down, uh, my takeaways are: I say we keep Shazam number one as our number one. 
Okay. We keep a revolving door for the the epic ones: Justice League, uh, Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel, whichever one's best. And then I say Suicide Squad number solid three. Like it's gonna be hard to like yeah. beat that solid spot. I put I put Suicide Squad number two. For, unless you're gonna count like Dark Knight. If we're adding, if we're counting Dark Knight, Dark Knight be number. I still you know, Dark Knight's always gonna have a spot in my heart. I think that one's great. Yeah. But uh, if, we're, if we're not counting that, since it's freaking a Nolan film, not DC, you know, DC Universe, I would definitely say Shazam number one. I put Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad number two. Oh, Let's right. see. I can I can agree with that, but we're not gonna we can't do Dark Knight because I didn't like it, but then I really did like it because I watched it on my birthday and I told we can't talk about that. <laughs> uh, we can talk about it if you want, birthday boy. <laughs> nah. <laughs> um. I'm I'm thinking I'm back to the the ethos of it. James Gunn always brings in his heavy hitters, the people that believe in him, the way that Tarantino brings in the same people, and even in a different vibration, the way that Adam Sandler always brings the same guys in. It's a bunch yeah. of the, the 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 same dudes in different roles, whether they're for a minute or ten minutes. But it's all of it's just a way to bring his favorite people in, tell a good story, challenge himself and his to be a writer. writer. And his, oh, and, his, yeah. and his little brother, and his little brother, <laughs> especially his little brother. Man, he was he was Weasel, and he was uh... he was Weasel, and he was Calendar Man, and Calendar Man. He was Calendar Man, the guy making fun of uh, oh, yeah. that Man in the in the friggin' in Bell Reef. Yeah, I thought that was him. You fucking pussy. It was it was him. <laughs> so he's getting he's getting two paydays. Man, I remember one time when I was waiting tables, uh, we had this new guy. And uh, he was taking too long at the microsystem. I was barting, and I had a whole bar top, and I put something in one of the computers, and he was taking too long, and I said, hurry up, pussy. <laughs> and and uh, I'm not proud of it, but it's still funny. Um, about an hour later, my boss calls me in the office like, hey, you know this guy quit? And I'm like, okay. He's like, do you know why? And I'm like, probably because I called him a pussy. <laughs> he was like, hey, he came in and put his apron down and said, I'm not going to fit in here. And I'm like, well... Uh, can I go back to work? And he's like, "Yeah, man, thanks for helping me out." <laughs> and uh, that 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 was it, man. Um, but we got some <laughs> we got some comics to talk about. <laughs> Unless you got anything else, now, man. How do we know that this this guy is probably like serving eight to ten for murder now <laughs> because Josh called him a pussy. <laughs> he didn't see. He didn't fight back, man. He could have punched me in the face and walked the fuck out. It's all it, yeah. Now then. But, like, next thing you know, one thing after another after another, and next thing you know, this guy's freaking on, like, a 13-kill murder spree. You know, All because you started it. Yeah. But, on another hand... Yeah, I'm, I don't got nothing. <laughs> no. I got nothing. I got nothing. Everyone everyone that sucked as a wrestler that you shut down, they're, uh, they're probably working a good 9-to-5 and hating the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. But not I was good. A, I was good for it then. I'm good for it now. But not in a murder spree, because you probably didn't call him a pussy to the face. <laughs> it definitely depends on the occasion. <laughs> we got a Liskey here. We just did 39 minutes on Suicide Squad. <laughs> That's better than the hour you thought we'd do. Yeah, we got Justice League, Last Ride number four, Joker number six, Batman '89 number one, and Lucky Devil number one from Dark Horse. Let's. Uh, Give me some last ride, man. I'm 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 pissed I missed this one. Well, uh, you should be. It's good. 
All right. So the whole thing is um, the whole story going back a little bit is that the Justice League came back together after breaking up, and the whole thing is Batman and Superman are at odds. And we find out that it's because Batman, um, something Batman did, led to the death of Martian Manhunter. Right. And Superman blames Batman for it. And in this issue, issue four, I believe four of six, but I'm not positive. By the way, this is from our good friend Chip Sidarsky. Hell yeah. In case you were, in case you were wondering. Uh, we, find, we find out what happened to Martian Manhunter. Hit me with it. So... So real quick, one last thing before we go into it, is the reason the League gets back together is because Green Lantern calls them in because they have to... Um, Lobo has been captured, and everybody in all over the multiverse is trying to kill Lobo. Oh, yeah. So the whole thing is that they're trying... They have to protect Lobo so that he can stand trial. And that is what brings the League back together after... Presumably years apart. Okay. So Batman tells them they need to take him. They need to take. Uh, they need to hide Lobo on Apocalypse. Yeah, I remember which that of course, first issue. Which of course plays into everything. So we start out with a blank page. Dark just says the word before. And we show up. We're on Apocalypse. Batman and Martian Manhunter are trying to. Um, trying to help, and then Calabac break. there's a war going on, and Batman and Martian Manhunter are trying to handle things, and Calabac breaks in with a bunch of parademons, and Martian Manhunter is fighting Calabac as Batman's handling the computer, trying to get this gate to open to cut off the power supply to the entire planet. And he just, he can't do it. And it turns out that he needs, he needs somebody strong enough to open this door, basically, by hand to stop this um this nuclear they're the they're putting nukes into boom tubes and planning on sending them to earth and they need to shut down the power supply to get to make sure this doesn't happen okay um there's another there's another plant um another battle going on in oa and wonder woman is there and superman's there and um they're battling dark side and Superman's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna do it. Just give me a minute. I just gotta handle this. And Batman's like, There's absolutely no way you can make it in time. And Martian Manhunter's like, I'll open the door. And he's like, You can't. You know, you're you're one weakless as fire. And on the other side of this door, to get this power out of freaking the entire planet, is nothing but fire. <laughs> of course. <clears throat> And Martian Manhunter's like, I have to, you know, Superman can't make it here on time. The entire the entire Earth is doomed if I don't do this. You know, I, I have to do this. And Batman just looks like him. He's like, you know, I, you know, I'm sorry. I wish we could add a better way. Uh, we, I wish we could add a better way to do this. And they shake hands. And Martian Manhunter's just like, I know, old friend. I know. Oh. And Superman, the whole, Superman just leaves. He leaves. He leaves in the middle of a battle with Darkseid to try to talk John out of this. And he's like, "I'll do this. I can. You know, I'm strong enough to handle this." And he's freaking Superman, so of course he is. But the whole thing is, he does not have enough time to make it there, and everybody knows that, including Superman. 
But being Superman, he's going to try. So he leaves Oa. He just zooms off in the middle of this fight, leaving Green Green Lantern and what and a and a battle freaking wounded Wonder Woman to fight to fight Darkseid. <clears throat> and he's trying trying as he might, but you know, Martian Manhunt is already there and he's opening the door, and he's in freaking. He's just like, thank you, and his last words are, thank you for everything, my friend. I'll see you on the other side. Fuck, man. And he's just, uh, this this fire comes out and just obliterates Martian Manhunter. While Superman, zooming towards freaking Apocalypse, just yells, John! Dude, do you think he's actually mad at Batman, or do you think he's mad he couldn't get there fast enough? Oh, we will get there. We will get there. Thank you. Could we we go to the now, you know, and <clears throat> um, Green or John Stewart Green Lantern is with Wonder Woman, and they're they're battling these spaceships coming towards Apocalypse, because they're all every, everybody's trying to get to freaking Lobo right now, and they're they're battling while freaking Hal Jordan Green Lantern and Batman are on the ship trying to they're actually. They're actually in Apocalypse, trying to get to the computer station, and we we turn around and there's Flash and Superman, and they're with Lobo, they're guarding Lobo on Apocalypse, and Lobo is just trying to screw with them because that's just what he does. Of course, man. You know, and he's just talking about how you know all you guys think you're God's gift. But you're all just palling around on a planet that you killed because Apocalypse, Apocalypse at this point has been abandoned because all the power is gone and it's just floating around in space. And Flash is letting, you know, Superman's trying to tell Flash, you know, don't let him get to you because that, that's just what he does. You know, he, he's a talker, you know, and you're talking about how he's going to stand trial because Lobo murdered the new gods can't kill John Kirby. Yeah, but apparently Lobo murdered them all. But the whole thing is Lobo's like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just a bounty hunter, you know. I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm a bounty hunter, but I'm not a hired killer. You know, I, I got them all, but freaking, I didn't kill anybody. Excellent. The mystery and, thickens. Yep. And Batman's, you know, Superman's just like, you know, if you didn't kill him, who did? And Lobo's just like a gentleman never tells and just laughs in his face. <clears throat> and then he turns around and he's like, you guys are saying, you know, you guys, you're, you're saying the guy that sends chumps to their death is as bad as the guy that causes the death? Because I've been listening to all you guys talking, and that sounds real familiar, doesn't it, Blue? <laughs> and he, he's just looking at Superman because Superman and Batman are still at odds over this entire thing. You know, and then we we see um, freaking the Green Lantern and Wonder Woman still fighting off, trying to get, trying to find out, you know, trying to get to, trying to stop all these guys from getting to Lobo. And turn, and somebody's just like somebody hits John Stewart, and he's just like, Yo, this is out of your jurisdiction. And it turns out that a uh, Mongol is now involved. Of course, and he's he he's coming after Wonder Woman. And we go back to Batman, and they, like I said, him and Green, him and uh, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, are still talking, and they're talking about that fateful day, 
And freaking Hal Jordan's just talking about how, you know, you know he doesn't actually blame you. He's just, he's mad that he couldn't, he couldn't get there. You know, no matter what he did, he, he, he just wanted to be there. He can't, you know, and Batman's just like, no, you don't understand. You know, Superman wants to be in the right place at the right time. But I should have been two steps ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm Batman. You know, yeah. I, I know things. I always know. I'm always two steps ahead, and I wasn't that time. And he turns to, to Hal Jordan, and he's like, you know, he blames me for Martian Manhunter's death. And, he, and he's right. You know, what, what sticks out to me is all the people that are posturing in this issue is not Lobo. It's, it's really funny to me that the only one that's telling the truth and is not being a hypocrite is the bastard. Yeah. Is the bastard. Like, he's like, he, he's, there's no lying to Lobo, unless he's lying to his daughter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's last, that's, that's last, uh, that's number three, Crushing, uh, crushing Lobo. But, yeah, yeah there, he doesn't give a fuck if he lives or dies. Well, actually, he knows he's not going to die. But yeah. But even then, the, the, this whole war is going on. He's the calm blue center, man. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> he it just, is what it is. He just wants a drink. He just wants to uh, kill something, get on his motorcycle. He's he's gonna get it eventually. He's just waiting for the last bullshit to end. He didn't give a fuck. Like like showing up on on Dark Side is like anytime you, you end up in Madripoor and 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 any Xbox, some shit's gonna happen. Like yeah. Even when, like, uh, like two years ago, when the Sosia sisters were writing uh, Black Widow, Magic mm-hmm. Port, ah, oh, fuck, <laughs> this is going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be bad. Um, exactly. Um, I've got a couple questions here, especially because when uh, this first, the first issue of this three, uh, so far, a month later, Crush and Lobo came out, and Lobo is in intergalactic, like, super prison. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely confused me, because like I don't remember him ever being captured, other than in the pages of this. But this isn't really an Elseworlds tale, but like it's a DC tale. Um, yep. Like, I guess we got to talk about the fact whether or not something's canon. Like, it doesn't. If it doesn't say Elseworlds, that means it could possibly be canon, or. Yeah. Or like when we were remember when we were reading uh, Wizard on uh, on the way back and to Lubbock, uh, help me understand this because uh, I don't know that much about DC as you do. Like where everything says post or pre crisis. Yeah. <laughs> where well, it just depends on whatever crisis event we were discussing. You know, freaking infinite crisis, crisis on infinite earths, freaking final crisis. Yeah, it's all basically between like before. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earth or afterwards is just whether it's uh, all these different um, planets in the multiverse or new, different universes in the multiverse, or if it's one universe. Right. But I, I, I think maybe what they're doing right now is if everyone likes it enough, fuck it, we'll make a cannon. Yeah. I think this is very reminiscent of uh, last year's Batman uh, Last Night on Earth. That that wasn't an Elseworlds story, but it no. definitely no, it had not. Elseworlds vibes to it. I got you the know? whole goddamn set, man. <laughs> yeah, like and one one fell swoop. One fell swoop. That was. Uh, I want that to be canon, and, and I think that's why we need to talk about it because I want that to be canon, even if, even if it's like a, a shattered Elseworld. Not even an Elseworld. Not an Elseworld because that means that's the uh, DC equivalent of a what if. 
uh, yeah. in, in Marvel. But if enough people want it, like if they did a movie about it, then who's to say it's not canon? We've had this conversation yeah. all the time. But yeah. that's the thing. If enough people like it, it's canon. You know, did you like it? Okay, then yeah, it it, it happened. That's basically what happened with Killing Joke. Is that it was canon because enough people cared about it. Correct, and like yeah. that—that's uh, basically the best canon origin of the Joker that we have. Yeah, but now finishing it up real quick, we go uh, the last couple of pages are Superman and Flash leaving the uh, the bunker with where Lobo is held captive, and the Flash is like, "Hey, do you you know if he didn't kill the new gods, you know who did?" And Superman's just like, I'm not sure, you know, Lobo tends to be blunt, but he, you know, he prefers violence to lies, you know, he doesn't, he's not a liar. And then Flash just like, so the biggest murder in the universe has no follow-up because nobody ever actually, like, really looked into it. And then they kind of, like, look at each other, and Flash is like, you know, this feels like a trap, like, this doesn't, this doesn't add up. Correct. And then Superman's like, oh, God. And they look off into the horizon, and you see a cavalcade of what looked to be Mad Max-style vehicles racing towards this bunker. And on the hood of the lead car, followed by a plethora of aliens flying, is Cyborg Superman. <laughs> what a perfect... You know, I would have had it like if you had put put a gun to my head and give me at least ten minutes, I might have landed on Cyborg Cyberman, Superman. Yeah. But no, you're that's wonderful. Like that that's we're we're in for a treat, man. He destroyed Coast City, man. He killed yeah. He killed most of the the League of uh, Fake Supermen. Um, yep. Disposed of. Uh, and he's on a motorcycle. No, he's he's on the, he's on the hood of a car. He's just standing on top of this car as he comes barreling towards Superman and the Flash. So like heavy metal shit. Yeah, like we're talking straight out of Mad Max. Oh, dude, that's awesome, man. All right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting though because we got freaking we got Cyborg Superman showing up in Justice League Last Ride. The end of last week's Suicide Squad we talked about had freaking the return of a Superboy. Right. That looks to be straight out of the nineties. So it'll be interesting to see if freaking uh, Eradicator or Steel shows up anytime soon. Eradicator showed up, I want to say, a year and a half ago in the pages of Superman when, like, he he showed up just performing his main duty other than what he did when he was fake Superman. Uh, mm -hmm. With Kryptonians abound to take over Earth as the new... Um, New Krypton. New Krypton. It was like it's one of the reasons why I love Justice League so much. Like you know, four issues and it's done. And we're not. It's not a summer. Like just keep up. <laughs> yeah. Just just keep up. Um, what what would you rank this, man? This sounds like a shitload of fun. That was dude. I'm like, I was I'm 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 invested in the uh, the Batman and Superman drama because you know, it's always fun when they're at odds. I'm gonna give this one a solid eight point five. Nice. Nice. I like the interplay. I like I like not knowing where this is going because this is supposed to be the last freaking the last mission of the Justice League, basically. And it's interesting to see where they're going to go with it from there. You know, we've brought in freaking Cyborg Superman, 
you know, we brought we got Lobo, we got Lobo as captive. We've got a mystery. We don't know who actually killed the new gods. You know, <laughs> and it's it, and we don't we don't necessarily know what why everybody else is trying to get to Lobo. Well, there's there's something about it, man. I mean, like the fact that he can't be killed, like yeah, he's the Wolverine. Uh, in God, that's such a terrible analogy. Honestly, like if you don't know anything about comics or read, if you've read five Wolverine comics and read one Lobo comic, that analogy would make sense. But me saying that out loud is like makes me sound ignorant. Um, man, that's the way I've always heard him described. So, but in terms of like longevity and I mean they, they they overuse the shit out of Wolverine. He's in every mm-hmm. X book. Uh, well, yeah. But Lobo is you use him sparingly. Yeah. Well, the thing about Lobo too is he is like every cool thing that you thought when you were like an early like a teenager in the nineties. That's Lobo. Yeah. And like so he's not necessarily. Like, He's Wolverine. He's definitely like originally kind of like you can tell he was definitely kind of originally based on Wolverine, but like then they went out of their way to be like, let's add all this extra crap to him, like oh he's a bounty hunter in space and he's got a motorcycle and he likes smoking uh, smoking stogies yep. and he likes drinking beer and he likes being you know, freaking he he loves the ladies and he's got all this like he's just like he's just he is literally pouring machismo from like the 90s speaking and of, it's it's fun to it's fun to read those kind of books every now and again oh, just because it's, it's something it's something absolutely. different it's something you can take your mind off of you know your nine to five and the insanity of real life and you just be like fuck it i'm gonna read a lobo book i found something the other day and i don't know if you've seen it have you seen the lobo paramilitary christmas special no. Okay, so there is an actual issue, the Lobo Paramilitary Christmas Special. But they, okay. there's a short, I want to say it's about 15, 20 minutes long. It's on YouTube. Okay. Uh, the guy that plays uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy, um, uh, Thomas Hewitt. Uh, Andrew okay. uh, Byronarski. He plays Lobo. This was made in 2002. It is a terrible fan film, but it's hilarious. The Easter Bunny hires Lobo as apparently the Easter Bunny in conjunction with like all of the other mythical like holiday creatures hire Lobo to kill Santa. <laughs> <laughs> to kill Santa. I downloaded the issue. It's very similar, but it's a terrible like it it was filmed in 2001, it came out in 2002, but it was, it, it, it was, it was just a nod better than, like, the original Captain America movie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and okay. he's just, it's just Lobo murdering, he, he murders a bunch of elves for, like, ten whole minutes, man. And then shows up in the big man's room, no one's there, and he turns around, turns back around, the old, the old man's sitting on the... On the old North Pole uh, throne, and the Easter Bunny is in a cage. He neutered me. He cut my balls off. <laughs> Get me out of here! <laughs> and of course, Lobo's like, "Fuck everybody!" <laughs> he didn't. He didn't give a shit if you even got paid, man. It was hilarious. Um, it's on YouTube. The Lobo Paramilitary Christmas Special. Uh, Minefielders. Uh, 
again, one more time, the Lobo Paramilitary Christmas Special. If you can't find it, look up the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that came out in 2002, and, uh, or, or three, or four. It's been a while. Uh, the guy that plays Thomas Hewlett is Lobo, and he's just drinking and smoking and murdering people the whole time. It was ridiculous. But the Easter Bunny gets his balls chopped off. Of course he does. Yeah, the, the issue's... But like, Santa don't play. Santa don't play, but Santa also gets a bullet between the eyes. <laughs> Lobo succeeds. Where well, there's a will. Gotta make that paper. Yeah, I gotta put that in and make sure we put the link up for that in the, in this issue in the online, man. Um, let me hit you with the Lucky Devil number one Dark Horse, man. I was a little... Alrighty. I was a little apprehensive on this one because basically loser guy gets impregnated by evil demon and kills a bunch of people. It's uh I've I've heard it before. It sounds like it'd be right up your alley. It's usually pretty much right up my alley, but the last time this happened to me was Killer Be Killed. Um okay. Ed Brubaker did this uh, about four years ago. It was if you guys haven't read it, Killer Be Killed, one of the best trade paperbacks uh crime noir supernatural thrillers you'll find in quite a long time. Anything Ed Brubaker does is always like noir and just a lot of fun but this one, this one in particular a guy gets impregnated by demon, he's a vigilante but this guy's not a vigilante he leaves his house, kisses his uh, girlfriend goodbye drops his keys, turns around and before he even has a chance to even leave the fucking floor of his apartment some other motherfuckers already knocking on the girl's door with with flowers. Um, no. He gets impregnated by a demon. Been and there. It, yeah. 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 Well, the demon gets into him. He kills everyone that hate that in the least bit pisses him off. But it starts off while he's in a, an AA meeting, where everyone's talking about the most atrocious things they've ever done because they're an addict or. Um, pretty much anything goes in those meetings according to this and uh, he's describing all the bloodbaths that he orchestrated the the demon wanted him to do it and he went ahead and said yes he had the power and uh, now he's feeling really bad about it but not really because a couple of people in this room actually pissed him off pretty hardcore and he was there to fuck with them to to give them the little bit of a, an idea, like, this guy's lying, he's crazy, and then and then he lets loose. Like, uh, the, the, the kicker here on this one is, uh, with ki- kill or be killed, the demon had control of him. Like, if he didn't kill, the demon was going to kill him. But he was able to, he went to some voodoo doctor, like, like uh, the beginning of, um, you ever see uh, Drag Me to Hell? No. They go to a voodoo doctor and like me. The guy's like, "You're cursed. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> like, wow. you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, you're screwed. Uh, this guy basically gives him a dime store exorcism, does enough to exorcise the demon, but the powers still stay in him. So he's got a taste for what he can do, and the demon is still whispering in his ears, but the demon has no control over him. Art was phenomenal. No talking heads. Uh, lots of great detail, but not like that sort of red and stimpy shit where, like, they zoom in on something that's, like, extra gross. Um, yeah. I gotta say, this is kind of, like, the sleeper hit of the week for me on this one, man. Um, nice. Just just had to bring that one up because it was funny 
It was well thought out, um, real fast. Uh, Pennyworth, if you're a Bond fan and like Batman, do not fall asleep on this book. <laughs> At all. Nice. Tony. We, yeah. yeah we, I did get that one. Yeah, we, we gotta go to, uh, we'll, we'll pick it up when we get to Ed's. Sweet. Pick it up when we get to Ed's. Like, what are we, we're hitting, uh, I say we hit Ed's first, no, I say we hit Muse first. Muse, Muse is the bigger store in the in in the city. They're gonna have all everything. But the thing about Muse is on Free Comic Week Day is that the line is around the corner for this place. Oh jeez. So we, get we should have hit Ed's first then. It's, Ed's opens early anyway. Uh, I think Muse opens uh, at ten on these days. No. Oh. Uh, um, I say the the I say we hit Muse first. No, let's hit Ed's first. We'll figure it out either way. Yeah, let's... Yeah, it not matter. We'll hit Muse or Ed's first, and then we'll hit, uh... What? Vans. And, uh... Let's go to Iron Lion, just cuz. We'll film the whole goddamn thing. And, uh... Of course, we gotta go to our buddies over uh, I forget the name again. Or... R-E-C. R-E-C. And you go say hi to Roman. Go say hi to Mr. Roman. What's up, Mr. Roman? You guys are kick-ass. Lucky Devil, sleeper hit of the week. Give us hit, hit us with some Joker. All right, so we got Joker here. We got Joker six. Freaking starts off with a uh, young lady in a closet in Hooper County, Texas, fifty years ago. Turns out she is hiding because the Samson brothers are trying to are going to eat her, but they're trying to find her, and turns out freaking Billy. Is um, the sim- he's the bigger one, but he's simple, and freaking, she's he, all the the younger brother is tra- telling him he's gonna find this girl or we're gonna eat you if we can't eat her. Where did he go, George? Where did he go? Pretty much. So she ends up running, jumping out of this closet, making a break for it, and the older Samson brother is freaking getting his shotgun ready and gonna shoot her. And freaking, from all intents and purposes, it looks like they freaking, looks like she escapes. Maybe. But, you know, his last words are, they look mighty tasty when they run. And then they end up sliding, they end up following after the girl into the swamp. And turns out, they end up finding out that uh, on their land, um, they just struck it rich. They struck oil. Texas gold. Texas tea. Yeah, Texas tea, as they say. And freaking, so they, this, they end up, you know, spending all their money. Freaking, they end up, basically, because this girl made a break for it, they end up finding out that they're rich. So they're, they're freaking 50 years later, they're still living large, and they're still freaking, they're still eating people. But now they're everybody's on the hunt for the Joker. Hold on a second and, here. Before we get that far, Samson family finds millions in own backyard. How is that not supposed to be a hint that this is Joker blood? Look at him. The smile, the hair. Yeah, could Joker, be. Joker's related to these motherfuckers. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. 
But uh, we find out that, uh, you know, see some paper theory. Our fancy, 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 Samson family finds millions in backyard. Um, the the girl did get away. She ends up recanting her testimony, saying that, you know, in the newspaper reports that she, you know, she just ended up walking away because uh, they basically paid her off. And then we find out that Billy the Brute Samson is transferred to Arkham Asylum, which we know because they ended up getting rid of, uh, moving him out of his personalized cell to put the Joker in, and then Joker ended up killing him during A-Day. As per request of the Bat? Or Gordon? Yep. It was, Gor- it was Gordon that asked for it, because they wanted him in the, uh, the super secret, super safe section. But then we go into Chapter 12, The Invisible Wall. And we find out that our man, Jim Gordon, is in Paris, France. Looking for the Joker. And he talks about how he brings up that his, uh, his wife, his ex-wife, when they were together, they were going to have uh, their honeymoon in France. And for whatever reason, something always pushed it back. Something always pushed it back. And it always ended up being work because, you know, Jim ended up always choosing work over his family, which is part of the reason that they ended up divorcing. You know, and then they talk about him trying to meet the people and trying to find out more about the case, basically. And how he's just hitting brick wall after brick wall and trying to meet the right people and talk to the right people. And he ends up getting put up in this insanely fancy hotel and everybody knows he's a fake that he does not belong here but he's got that credit card with unlimited funds they think he stole it yep and everyone thinks everyone thinks he stole it but he's trying to put you know put his brain to use trying to figure out this case trying to figure out you know he's he's talking about how he's convinced if he sits in this hotel room you know He's going to end up staining it because he just does not belong here. This isn't this isn't who he is. This isn't what he does. This isn't the environment that he's used to. Look at the uh, the page where he's on the balcony. That is about six different perspectives. You have any idea how much of a pain in the ass it is to do this scene? Like you have to remove the three panels to the side and see the like. When Belanger was training me in this shit and telling me about, like, uh, all I see is, like, all I see is this, like, without him smoking the pipe, mm-hmm. I see, I see 38, maybe 48 hours of work in this one page without Oracle and the, the pipe smoking. This, this, oh, okay. is, this is a monstrosity of amazing art, artistry, man. Like, your eye, you, if you're untrained, your eye will still find things that are wrong with it. Your eye will f- will not like things if they did it wrong. Like where you find your, your horizon point, I mean, vertices, like... Uh, this is a testament to some kick-ass art here. Awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, like, oh, no, you're good. I'm just kind of looking into... Trying to see who the artist was, actually, because I'm kind of curious. We got... March. No, the, this artist is kick-ass. The, the the girl hiding in the closet with the knife. Uh, mm-hmm. pers- the perspective from the shotgun. 
Yeah. Even down to the folds in uh, the newspaper. This guy's doing... God, look at the stitches. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally. But yeah, now we go back to it. Um, Jim ends up calling Barbara to try to kind of get, try to talk things out, you know. You know, talk about how she—he's just—he's—he's he's run out of leads. He can't find the Joker, you know. And Barbara's like, you know, are you hitting a dead? And he's like, are you hitting a dead end too? And and she's just like, not one dead end. No, not just hitting one dead end. I'm hitting lots of them. You know, freaking the downside of everyone knowing Oracle's back is that people are, you know, shutting the back doors to their computer systems. She's like, I can still hack into it, but it's just taking longer. You know. She's talking about making a few phone calls and trying to figure out a little bit more about what's going on in Santa Prisca as far as uh, Bane's daughter, Vengeance, is concerned. She doesn't have any plugs. Is she just getting drowned in venom? Uh, that's, what it look, that's what it looks like. Well, she's got, you know, there are definitely wires going into her. But, yeah, she's definitely, it, it it's interesting to see because, you know, she's in this in this tube full of venom with wires going into her. And surrounding, there's two guys surrounding her, around her, but she's just surrounded by pictures of the Joker. This is your enemy. This is your enemy. Yep. But yeah, like, you know, the whole thing is that, you know, the people that Bane took, you know, took control from, you know, with him dying, they freaking ended up basically, you know, the people are just as bad as the people he freaking, he took control from. Yeah, and then they're asking about the Samson family, and Barbara's just like that all together is just ridiculously unsettling. And then we go to a, another picture of the Samson family, and somebody else is wearing somebody is wearing Billy's old uh, Billy the Brute mask. It kind of looks like a gimp mask with devil horns on it, or 100%. probably more likely bull horns since it's freaking Texas. Who's the chick in the purple hair? You think it's the chick that recanted her testimony? Uh, it could be the chick that recanted her testimony. It could just be another family member. But then again, it could it could very well be the same woman. This this family does not leave loose ends. Yeah. So they definitely found her at some point, one way or the other. Uh, but yeah, but, you know, they're not they're not getting the information they're looking for and you know Jim's still over here trying to piece together what he can hmm. but he decides he decides he ends up he's gonna do what he's gonna do and start handling things his way because you know he hasn't been freaking a cop for 30 years to just not to to give up now so he, he starts he calls the one person he knows he can you know Try to get that always has his back no matter what. He ends up calling Bullock. Shit. Yeah, for those who don't know, Bullock left the force. He's now a private eye. And freaking, you know, Jim's calling him from Paris, and apparently it's like four in the morning in Gotham. But freaking Bullock's up, and, you know, Jim knows what he's going to be up. And he talks about how he's going to, I need to hire you. I need to find stuff out, you know, and I'll double, I'll double your rate. You know, he's like, I got this case on my own, and, but I, I need someone that can do legwork for me on this case in Gotham, and you're one of the few guys I trust. And he's like, and I, you know, I found myself in some deep pockets these days. 
And freaking, you know, he's like, you know, Bullock being Bullock, his first thing in his mind is like, whose money are you spending then if you've got all this cash? Because Bullock knows. Oh, of course he does. And, yeah, and Jim's whole thing is like, you trust me? And, you know, Bullock's like, of course I fucking, you know, of course I do. Man, that's, that's such a silly question. Like, when it boils it down to it, it's, it's a dead cop that's, like... He's not a detective anymore. He's, yep. he's he's on the jazz now, man. Like he's got unlimited funds. He doesn't have the bat with him. He, he mm-hmm. like so that's that's a good thing for him. Like the the crutch is gone. He's got Barbara. Like and and that's a good thing because like they're finally bonding on a, some sort of semblance of father and daughter that or, yeah. that doesn't have some like uh, condescending tense to it. And then mm-hmm. like. He's alone, and then of all the people he calls, of course he calls Bullock. And, like, I would, I mean, like, I hate how they, everything we've learned about Bullock since Batman the Animated Series, they, yep. they portray him pretty bumbling. Yeah. But this is, this is like, the first time I realized that, like, Bullock is, uh, was the basis of, uh, Sam, from Sam and Twitch and Spawn. Um, okay. And... Yeah, like, like I'm seeing this 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 conversation here. He's 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 uh, moving the the old uh, takeout food. He's in his underwear, sleeping on the couch. The TV's on. He's got monster truck rally on, and he's he's lighting the stogie. And and I, I see all the cogs in his head going like, it, it's not like I'm not I'm waiting for my next drink. No, he's like, no, I need to sober up. I need to get here. I need to do this. Like, it we're it's time to get on the case. Yeah. <laughs> like, like as opposed to the perpetual, like, no matter what you do, you're go- always going to lose in Gotham. And, yeah. And the main man himself just called you. What a gnarly tale, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jim Gordon ain't going to call just anybody at 4 a.m., obviously. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, he, uh, Jim's talking about how he's going to have Barbara email Bullock the details and, you know. I'll get you, get you from there. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll wait on you. And he's like, how deep are these pockets still, Jim? And Jim's just like, you know, I guess that depends on if you accept credit cards. <laughs> and then Jim turns around, and he's besieged by what looks to be uh, several members of the French police force. You know, and they're talking to him in French, and freaking Jim's just like, uh, sorry, no French-American. And this older lady smoking a cigarette walks up and she just looks at him and she's like, you know, I'd wager they speak better English than you. And he's just like, you know, I'm not in any condition to tell him otherwise. And she's just like, no, no, you're not. And he's just like, what's what's going on here? You know, and then this lady is just like, you know, just so you know, your fingerprints are all over a murder scene. And freaking Jim just looks at her, you know, doesn't even blink. You know, yeah, that'll do it. How many bodies? And she's just like, four. Apparently a uh, at a private laboratory in Mont- Montmartre. Mont- Montmartre? Montmartre. Yeah. And all Jim can say is, that fucking clown. That fucking clown. And then the lady's just like, yes, the clown. I thought that may be the case, but these officers... They are, uh, how do you say, very literal men, Mr. Gordon. So how about you come with me? 
And Gordon just gets in the car and he's like, yeah, that seems about right. And she's just like, don't worry, Mr. Gordon, relax. You're in Interpol's hands now. Interpol, and we got the yeah. Joker. Yep, standing right on top, on top of a building across the way. And I love how the artist signed it right to the right. Like, yeah, I did that shit. <laughs> nice. You know what this reminds me of? Have you ever seen... Um, it's a Roman Polanski film. It's called The Ninth Gate, starring Johnny Depp. Oh, forever ago, I believe. It, I, the uh, He's a book detective hired to investigate the authenticity of a book about uh, summoning the devil. And apparently mm -hmm. there's two other editions, and he's hired to authenticate which one is the real one. Now, throughout the movie, the guy that hired him is constantly following him. He's, but they don't show it uh, until the end. It, it's it's in Paris. It's in all these like great like Prague and like you know like mysterious like older cities that still exist that have such great history. And I don't speak English, but I've got unlimited funds. Um, Tinian wrote this, and I think. I think he took a, a couple of pages from this book here because as Johnny Depp's character was getting in trouble, getting arrested, but not really, <laughs> um, the the antagonist was always watching mm -hmm. and always had some sort of part of where a bunch of people died and like, did I do this or like who did this? And um, it, it's a very satanic movie, but... Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past Tinning, who's doing all our favorite books right now. Jesus Christ! Um, yeah. To add that little spice there, but look, look, look at the perspective of the Joker here. This is another twenty-four-hour long drawing, and not just the details. Yeah. We're talking getting the perspective of, of, of the of the chimney wall, uh, the 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 cane just right, the pants. Um, the the angle of the face it's all just right and then it's so perfect that the artist signs it right at the end it's very rare you see that or they get away with that mm -hmm. next Jim fought the law and I guess the law won I don't know is that like a joke <laughs> let's see what happens ah that what a I would say got a like we have so many different scales. I would say this was not a Texas Roadhouse steak. <laughs> uh, this this is a this was mid rare, just right. Nice. Yeah, I'd give it probably. I'd say probably a solid eight. I'd give it a solid eight. If it was a steak, I'd give it perfectly mid rare with some balsamic, uh, with roasted portobello mushrooms on the side and some onions, and a Caesar salad. Yeah. This this was. Hey, how, how are you gonna be hungry at midnight? <laughs> so that's where this is leading. This is leading to like a steakhouse at midnight. Ain't no steakhouse open at midnight. Speaking of which, I can't. Not I, one we can afford. <laughs> speaking of which, especially with the comics we buy, uh, we gotta do the. We gotta add an extra gimmick to Guerrilla Warfare. All right. We gotta film the. A conga line. Uh, if they if they'll let us do that at Denny's at fucking midnight, fuck it. <laughs> Might it be the weirdest thing to happen at Denny's at midnight? That would probably so. be the least <laughs> like 
Shit, we'd probably get away with smoking at Denny's in fucking Denver, depending on like yeah. the one we usually go to. Uh, I say we do the uh, the Pulp Fishing X. We invite whoever wants to come and just film it, like talk about the matches and and talk some shit. Wrap it up with just being at Denny's for twenty minutes for forty minutes. Just my yeah. fucking peas and There ain't nobody at Denny's for only 40 minutes. Jesus, you go to Denny's, you're there for two hours minimum. It took us 45 minutes to get our fucking food last time. Exactly. <laughs> Hell, fucking Logan couldn't even find the place for 30. That's true. Hmm. Another 45 making fun of Mateo. Ah, uh, poor Mateo. I gotta give him his photos, by the way. He's been messaging me about that. I keep forgetting to send it to him. Aww. Uh-huh. Uh, what is this backstory here? Oh, this is, um... That's Bluebird and Punchline. Long and short of it, freaking Punchline is again two steps ahead. Bluebird is trying to... She's in jail, she's in jail to get Punchline, but freaking she comes in there with some fake tattoos... Punchline sees her and freaking instantly knows who she is. Instantly knows her story. And then provokes her into fighting using her brother to freaking to, to get her goat, basically. They start fighting. Freaking she realizes that she is ridiculously outnumbered. Completely. And on top of that, freaking Punchline has it taped, put on the internet, and everybody sees her, and it plays into her victim mentality. Oh, shit. Uh, no matter what happens, she is the victim. So Punchline, yet again, is two steps ahead of everybody. Well, we have some more Batman to talk about, because when the Marvel guy is not here to wrangle us in, we're going to go full balls deep into some DC. Let's do some Batman 89. We don't even really have a Marvel guy. We got a Star Wars guy. No, he's a Marvel guy. He's all Marvel, man. He's all no, Marvel. He's, he's Marvel, but I mean, it's all one section. He he likes one specific genre of Marvel. Oh, that's not true. No, it's totally true. <laughs> it's totally true. It's, uh, he, 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 he likes his... He, the boy likes his space exploration, let's say. Let's he, call it what it is. He can... Yeah... It, it's spade a spade, but he he can get down with everything we talk about. But he's he don't like fucking around. <laughs> no, he, he he likes his mutants, but he loves his space exploration. He loves his space explorations, but we got he hasn't gone down the DC rabbit hole. We have. I mean, like what well, we started with Luther taking over the entire fucking universe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with Fear State. Yeah. Is, is that where we started, Fear State? No, well, not Fear State yet. That was Future State. No, 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 no. Uh, when Luther took over, um, or was that right yeah, before? That was before that. Cause freaking, uh, are you thinking of Imperius Rex? Imperius Lex? Uh, when he took over. Uh, or has a hell arisen? It, it was like I think we're I think we're all right. There was like five different titles in one different main storyline here, but like I'm glad that we're not having something like that going on right yeah, now. Yeah, because uh, Fear State's the one's coming out next with the uh, that's where all the scarecrow nonsense is leading towards. It's right. Fear State. Well, what I'm getting to is I gotta take a whiz, and we gotta come back to some Batman '89. Sweet.
Guys, while we took a quick break there, we talked to Mr. Colin Onset at an undisclosed movie in Dallas. Here we at it. Here we are at it with him. Hey, what's up? How are you guys? Testing, testing, testing. It's just me right now, guys. This is the Colin calling in the fatigue cam. He is on set in Dallas, <laughs> Tejas. Damn. Working the fatigue. <laughs> Well, I didn't think I was going to use my voice for the rest of today, but that laugh is for the fatigue cam. Yeah, you've been a uh, man. I'm a little upset because you didn't get my uh, you didn't get my reference earlier, but it was a it was a Simpsons reference because uh, of the the union thing. Because these union guys, you know, they got your back, and these other guys are screwing you over. They're not paying you, and uh, there's. Oh, a there's just an old Simpsons line, like, like, t- t- tell me about this Skinner. Uh, perhaps we should meet and greet this individual. <laughs> See, the thing is, you're a diehard Simpsons guy, and I, I have not real. I don't think I've watched Simpsons since like episode or season three or something. Uh, I'm way more into South Park. I think it's a more culturally relevant show. But I do, I do remember all of the mob characters in that series. I think what we need to do is spend some time watching pivotal episodes of The Simpsons, so you can bring me up to speed on all of your references. No, but yeah, you know, trying to find my, my phone real quick because while you're talking, I gotta bring up another reference. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the my union definitely doesn't, you know, strong arm anybody. But we will audit you if you're trying to do a production in our jurisdiction, and you're not, uh, not you're not you're not playing by the rules. The rules are the rules. And if you're a signatory company, and you're not playing by the rules. You're going to get audited, and you're eventually going to pay up like you were supposed to initially. Is that but the new guess- is that the new slang term to get to audit somebody? <laughs> it sure doesn't mean you know. Anything involving uh, baseball bats or leathers or like saps or uh, car explosions. All right, so I got some interesting trivia. Okay, so Frank uh, Severo, who plays uh, Frankie Carbone in Goodfellas, was living in the same apartment complex as two of the original writers on The Simpsons were when they were making Goodfellas. Now, he told these guys about his character in Goodfellas. Now, if you watch The Simpsons, one of the main mobster guys under Fat Tony uh, is Legs, and it is a complete ripoff of him. He won a serious lawsuit about eight years ago, like when he finally took him to court, like, I told you my ideas and you stole my guy. <laughs> and oh, wow. it, Yeah, and it wasn't even like one of those disrespectful things like where he it was like, oh, I need money now. Like, no, he's been working on this for a while. Like, he told these guys his idea, and they put it in The Simpsons, and it just happened to come out at this coincidentally. But if you watch it, uh, it it's pretty funny. But tell us where... Uh, sorry, we're getting uh, the whole the whole idea of you uh, phoning it in, because we're recording my field in just a little bit, is you're busting ass on movie set. Uh, can you tell us the name of the movie? Oh, man. I I don't even know the stupid thing. I don't know if I... I don't know if I filled out a uh, non for this at all. I can tell you it's produced by Disney, it, it, which is weird. Like, the content for this show is not Disney material. 
And the network, this is a TV series. And the network that they are going to show this on, uh, on is not Disney material. I don't know. But and that's the thing. I think we got to get away from that idea. Disney is a behemoth. Well, uh, and it's and they are they're producing material in in a way that they never produced before. When you think about the Marvel movies, there's more language and you know careful, tactful sexuality uh, and other stuff. I, I mean, it just it's not it's not Disney is not what we grew up with in our in our age range. So man. so uh, my fielders, what what he's trying to subtly say is they're making a hard R, cool runnings. Obviously in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying is what we're making is a hard R TV series. It's a limited series. I don't how many episodes uh, that we're filming. And I'm, I'm only doing the United States stint of the show. Uh, the rest of it has been filmed for, I think, 20, wink, 20 weeks in the United Kingdom. Um, and this is based off of a book, which is a, uh, I guess an autobiography of a person who was in a band. And I have, of course, I have no problem revealing what these things are after, uh, I'm off the show, which will be very quickly within the next couple of weeks, because by that point, the entire season is in the can and I don't think that I'm blowing anything for anybody, but I take I take NDAs very seriously. Uh, Having I mean, yeah, I mean it's just it's the professional thing to do. But at the same time, I really appreciate the creative development process and what it means to the producers, to everybody, to the cast members, the crew. To the networks, to every... I mean, I'm not kidding. I, I know that I sound like a corporate schmuck right now. No, let me, no, no. Every, and, and just before first. you go too far, I, and I agree completely, like, there was a couple of uh, leaked photos from the Flash movie, uh, Flash in his costume, oh. uh, the Batmobile, the, or, or I think it was the Batmobile, or maybe the, the, the Batcave, and... Uh, Everything got removed, unless you're on like you, you you find like someone's Etsy or something like that that hasn't yeah. got removed yet. It's not cool. Um, it's yeah. sure, sure we'd like spoilers and stuff like that. Uh-huh. I, I clicked on it, but even then I felt guilty and I was relieved when they'd been removed and they weren't uh-huh. there. But uh, I, I appreciate you, you know, really going like taking that sort of shit seriously because it shows a devotion to your craft. But you have to make. Yeah. Great uh, way to put it. A few things to do, uh, a few like props tonight. Oh man, I and that's the thing. It's like you gotta you gotta really question when when you get. I've done a lot of commercials where someone comes in on a Friday night. The whole the whole company lands on a Friday night from out of town, and they just want you because you're the guy that's there, and they have to do. Uh, they have to do the job where you are because that's where the cast member or the, the, the performer in the commercial needs to be. You know, I'm talking about, like, basketball, NBA stuff. It's it's difficult now. Like, the Thunder, we don't... We, for a while there, we had, like... We had two of the top five ball players in the world. And now, we just don't. Uh, I know disparagement to the existing ball club, but let me tell you, I mean, we don't have Russell, we don't have KD, and it's been a long time since we had James Harden. 
Yep. And uh, Chris Paul, he wasn't doing any of his commercials in OKC. So when you get a, you get a commercial, they're going to fly in. And they're like, the only reason we're doing this here is because we can't get these guys to fly out there because of their schedule. And we need to tech scout this entire day. And then we're going to have a production meeting. And boom, we want everything on, on Monday. And it's like, you're asking for stuff that needed to be requested two weeks ago. You're asking for turnaround from regular businesses of 24 hours and like they might not even have the materials they need to develop these products you know it's it's called abusing the locals and i'm not for it so i mean i've seen a lot of commercials where things were were being run in a bad way this in another thing was like you know hey this is probably going to be three days filming around dallas and uh you know you got a little prep and whatever and then as things progress it's turned into we're going to film all over the state of Texas. Uh, we're going to be in the in buses going everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And I'm trying to do my, my MO as a props person is to get everything ready by day one because there will not be a minute to continue developing materials while we're in production because I'll have to be on set catering to the needs of our director who is a legend a legend a legend this guy uh i i am thrilled to work for this gentleman uh i met him yesterday i saw him this morning holy moly i will tell you all about this later and uh you and i have specifically talked about some of the productions that he has given us as a viewing audience in the past. Um, so that's huge news. And it's a, it's a gigantic thing for me to get to work with this guy. But, um, uh, you know, you, you, you've got to develop things for, for everybody. And it's like, okay, well, I'm supposed to roll. I got to roll like 50 to 100 joints. I don't even know the first thing about that, but I got to figure it out because that's my job. And because I'm sorry, guys, I'm just I'm real straight. I don't I don't smoke pot. It's never been my thing. Uh, and then you know just whatever comes out of nowhere. Hey, what about this? Can we do one of these things? Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Are you thinking about it like this? Or are you thinking about it like that? Oh, okay, that. Then I can play ball with that. And like. It's just thing. It's just crazy stuff. Do I do I bring do I bring work back home with me at the end of the day? I keep thinking yeah, I'll just throw in a movie and hang out and I'll just like <laughs> thing or roll a bunch of joints. But like, dude, no. I ran into an issue today. These complications arise where I'm at Lowe's and I'm getting materials and my credit card has declined. The one that was provided for me by the show because I'm like, hey guys, what's my budget? It needs to be this much. Like, do not. You're really cutting me off at the shins if you're if you're giving me uh, a budget. If, if my budget is so small, and you know, I'm in Dallas and rush hour traffic, trying to run around and get all this stuff put together. It cost me like two hours trying to sort out some dumb thing because there wasn't enough money on my card, and uh, that's just somebody's decision. Not your card. So, it was the the movie people's card. That's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you ain't a broke motherfucker. But no, I'm totally not. I, I have done so much work. Uh, this is the crazy thing. I am blessed beyond reason. There are so many Americans who have had such a hard time with their small businesses 
and with their right in like just regular folks doing regular work in this country because of covid and yeah it shut us down for like six months but like i worked on a massive movie last year i worked on massive movies this year and um i've got money for for it's the first time in a long time my girlfriend has money she's never had money and like this is just because she just offered the opportunity to hop into uh, a new career presented itself and we met each other on set and it's just like you know this is it's life-changing to be working on quality productions this many one after the other and what i'm going to tell you uh, because minefielders everybody in the world right now knows that the biggest motion picture in the world is being filmed in oklahoma killers of the flower moon robert de niro leonardo dicaprio uh you know um jesse plemons god bless him uh i need to read that book rogan was talking about that book that that that, about that like two years ago and i've been meaning to read that book See, that's the sad, sick fact of it, is that this story has been around for generations, for decades, and no one picked up on it until a hit bestseller made a big deal about it. And uh, so I feel like that's unfortunate. And at the same time, it, it is another project that does not depict Oklahoma in a good light. Uh, we need We need the movie where Oklahomans pick up and take care of one another after the May 3rd tornadoes. A movie where where uh, victims of the Oklahoma City bombing sort out their lives and everything is much better for them somehow one day. They pick up and they figure out how to be better. We need we just need good movies about good people in from you know in this state because everything that ever comes out of here. I, you know, I loved August Osage County. It was a golden age for me working in work on that show, but it, it does not p- depict Oklahomans in a good in a good light. And Reservoir Reservation Dogs, sorry, that just started streaming on Hulu. I was this- about to watch it the other day and I was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, no, everybody's saying it's fantastic. I haven't watched it yet cuz I didn't I didn't work on the first episode. That came out in the middle or that was being filmed in the middle of COVID last year, and uh, I was a little burned by it because of some. I had I had my reasons, but I worked on the uh, the season that we finished up in uh, May, and um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, those kids, the, the actors are all really great. They're really great people. They're top notch people, and Sterling Harjo, the director was a phenomenal guy. I've, I've heard about him for years. He's a local, and uh, I've never met him. Uh, and I, I met him. He was cool. You know, it was, it was a very professional crew. And the key to that is, you know, you have all of these people that, oh, we got to import all these people from out of state to, to do this job because they're the professionals. But they're going to they're gonna come in and work for a season, and they're going to say, like, no, you know what? You've got plenty of Oklahomans. You've got plenty of locals. They know what they're doing. They can be relied upon. They need to be put in charge of these things on the next season or whatever, uh, on your next show. And because everybody wants to go work where they're close to home, they've got kids to take care of. They've got their fur baby to deal with. You know. Uh, I don't want to hear it. But hey, give us. Uh, we got to wind down because we got to record. Yeah. Uh, tell us what you're working on tonight and send us off into Minefields Land. 
Dude, I, 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 I seriously, I went and I picked up what I needed to pick up. I had dinner. I talked to my girlfriend, and I got back to my hotel room, cleaned up, and said, no, I'm not working for free. That's not who I am, and it's not what I do. I'm not going to roll joints in my hotel room making a mess, and I'm not going to fabricate materials. I will do that from the office tomorrow while I'm waiting for email. I'm sending emails and waiting for emails to come back to me. I've been sitting here drinking a Schweppes club soda, trying to rehydrate, and reading a book about the uh, CV-16 USS Lexington, uh, one of the Essex-class aircraft carriers in World War II. Because, man, I mean, I'm a sucker for... Uh, I'm a sucker for the U.S. Navy in 1942, and now I really want to go check out this thing while I'm in Texas because it's, I think, moored up in Corpus Christi. And I might, I might be able to get away to do it. <laughs> well, do it, brother. Let us know what's going on. Take some notes. Uh, send me that footage of you on the road so yeah. I can add it to Guerrilla Warfare. I'm just glad we got you on the show. I know you got to get uh, winding down, man. It's, guys, it's difficult. Oh. Like... It's easy for us. Like uh, Morales and I were talking about it on Saturday. Um, there's eight comic book stores in in Colorado Springs alone. That's intense. Yeah, we and uh, are they all buddies? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> not really. But even then, man, like it's easy for us to get to a store. You are always on the road, but we love you, phone and internet, man. I, uh, God bless you, and you know, keep, keep keep kicking ass on the movie sets and. Uh, go audit some motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, everything gets audited one way or the other. Whether you did it, you get you you, you know. You, it's hard for anybody to be a hundred percent right, one way or another. The union local, uh, which uh, to whom I'm an officer, you know, we're just we're just trying to look out for people. We're trying to make sure things are equitable at the very least, uh, and better than that if possible. But, um, dude, happy freaking birthday. I love you. You're love my you best too, friend. You're, you're my best uh, friend, too, brother. This is, this is, this is super fun. <laughs> this segment, <laughs> this segment we've been talking about, the possibility of happening for a while, phoning it in with Colin. <laughs> we'll keep it up. <laughs> we'll keep it up, man. You have a great night. We'll kick some ass for you. I love you, man. Have a great show. I'll talk to you guys. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. We'll probably have to do another segment like this. Hey, as long as we get you in, man, that's all that matters to me. I love you. I love you. See you later, Brad. Hey, you guys have a good night. Later. All right, we're back from a quick uh, whiskey. Uh, we got Batman 89 to talk about, man. I read this three times. I was obsessed with it, man. I've been waiting for this for two months. Yeah. No, that's solid, man. Like, you just kind of like you look at the cover; it just looks insane. It looks amazing, freaking like as a, as a kid that grew up in the '90s and went to see this movie in the theaters. In well, so this is like the first. This is the first. This is the first uh, movie I remember going to see in theaters. I was uh, my aunt Bertha called me for uh, my birthday today, and I was like, I was just thinking about you the other day. And she said, Oh, what are you thinking about me? And I was like, Well, I was reading this Batman '89 comic, and I remember. Uh, we just gotten back from uh, England and California, and uh, first time we really hung out with our family in like I want to say six years. And um, and Bertha brought over Batman, and right before it was like I want to say it was Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. and it was the first time we saw Batman. And she brought it up over on tape, and 
VHS. VHS, and on the the old, uh, you know, remember those big ass TVs that were like, you know, five feet long that had a record player in the top and it was this big wooden mm-hmm. monstrosity. Didn't matter. To kill a man, yes. Yes, to kill a man. You, you turn it. You can only play Nintendo on channel three. Yep. Uh, we, uh, Erica and Jojo and I, we had that hooked up. My sister was still a baby, man, and like uh, that was a, that was one of the best Christmases ever. Awesome. Batman over and over, but like, um, the first thing that sticks out to me is the fact. Before we get into meat potatoes here, is the fact that t- we were denied Two Face because Tim Burton was removed from any and all Batman because uh, he pissed off McDonald's. Yeah, I was listening to a uh, Howard Stern interview with him, uh, actually like two days ago, um, where they Stern asked him why the the Superman movie he w- was going to make with Nick Cage didn't happen, and he's like, it pissed off McDonald's. They they didn't like all the black shit coming out of uh, Penguin's mouth and how dark it was. Like, it affected their Happy Meal sales, and like he's like, it, it was it was bullshit. We're trying to get the suit done. And uh, they they were already wanting logos and T-shirts and shit to put on mugs and cups and all this other fucking bullshit. And, uh, you know, they removed him from everything Batman and removed him from Superman. Um, they denied us Two-Face. Yeah, because they built that up for two movies. Two whole movies. Billy D. Williams, man. Maybe it was just too much Colt 45. Yeah. Well, the whole thing originally was the... Um Freaking Max from the second Batman Returns. Max Shrek was supposed to be Max Shrek. Else. He was supposed to be two. He was supposed to be freaking Two Face. Yes, he was. And, 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 he was Two Face. Yes. And the whole thing with the kiss with Catwoman was supposed to lead to him becoming Two Face. Burton talked about that too in that interview, and they they, yeah. they weren't having it. They weren't having it. Um. So. I'm seeing like okay, see, but, uh, last we we left off on the Joker six, and it and it ends mm-hmm. on some schematics of uh, the the characters coming up. So we we get a preview of what Harvey uh, ability is going to look like, and he's got half like Beetlejuice. Um, it's atrocious. Look, I love the stitching on the back. I love um, the the way they showed the the wave in his hair and then the, the smile the the gruesomeness even from a few different angles different angles of the of the coin um, yep. and then also above that we see some some designs of uh, Michael Keaton uh, older younger or, or just maybe a, two, a couple of years older the one that mm-hmm. sticks out to me is the the third from the from the left where he's got that like kind of tight like um, suit with like the lines going across horizontal on his chest mm-hmm. that was an action figure that was the Bruce Wayne action figure from 89 oh yes uh, it made like they, there was no Bruce Wayne outfit where he was in a suit it was him in that fucking suit uh, gotcha. with, with the lines across his suit and then the the bat cycle oh they denied us that bat cycle yep Got hosed. We totally got hosed, man. And then we got, and then of course, I'm not gonna argue it. Like, I, uh, it's aesthetically pleasing. It was, it was the right choice to make to make Gordon look more like Gordon, the Gordon we know. Yeah. And we got Pennyworth, uh, just a spitting rendition of. Uh, let me pull up his name here, man, because I, I don't want to butcher it. Mr. Uh, Michael Gao played Alfred. 
for mm-hmm. everything except until uh, Nolan, right? I believe so, yeah. And then we've got, uh, is that, it's not Clown Killer, but the Mohawk definitely throws me off. And Yeah, these are just random thugs. Either that or it's it's like the uh, it's like the um, the mutants from Dark Knight Returns kind of. Good point. I like this new character here. Like it's actually a set of twins. All this and brains, mm-hmm. and all this and brains too. And then uh, I mean, take point on this man. I just had to before we get into the Robin aspect because uh, I don't want to get too far into it. Yeah, no, nah, man. I, did, I, I I love the designs. I think things are. I'm real excited for this just because, you know, you didn't, this is something I didn't expect to see, but like we're getting this, we're getting uh, Superman 78, so it'll be real interesting to see, you know, we start out, you know, on Halloween in Gotham City, see a nice restaurant called Janice, and we see um, Harvey Dent having dinner with who we find out later is Barbara Gordon, you know, and she's talking about, you know, that's what we're. Are we dressed up like rich people? You know, this is this is. We're in a fancy restaurant drinking wine, and you know, Harvey just turns around. And he's like, "Oh, I think we deserve this." You know, I'm an ambitious man, and you know, this time next year I could be you know, the state AG. Yeah, I'd be state general. attorney, attorney general, and I'm not bad looking. And she's like, "Nope." And then she's like, and he's like, "We make a hell of a team." And she's like, "So Barbara, what I'm I'm trying to ask you is," and then she's like, "Oh my God." And we look outside the window, and there's Batman, perched atop a nearby roof. Now, now, before we get too far, I slaved on this for a while. So we're on the splash page, right? Where we see the uh, Barbara. We're 39 stories up, right? Mm-hmm. We've got we've got the uh, bullshit Batman crusade people, the fat dudes, like keeping the peace. But we also mm-hmm. see, uh, by the tree, we see the alien Martian woman from behind. Oh, yes, from uh, Mars Attacks. And then a little bit in the foreground, we see Lydia in the red dress. Mm-hmm. A little bit further down, uh, we see Sally from Night Before Christmas. Uh, right under the uh, Bush League Joker, we see uh, the dude from Mars Attacks, in the uh, just from the uh, mustache <laughs> down. Um Large Marge is next to him. The chi- yep. the chick in the uh, flannel, and mm-hmm. then we get the kids from Night Before Christmas above that, and then we got Baby Penguin, and uh, I think there was one more. Uh, of course, uh, Sleepy Hollow all the way up top. But like, nice little. I-, I loved all these little Easter eggs here. Yeah. Byron. Byron from Mars Attacks. He was fucking bad. Heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Yeah, and when we see somebody with a clown nose on, and then we see, we see you know four as Harvey's trying to propose, and then the guy says three. You know, maybe this will help you decide. And he puts the coin in her hand, two, and then she, you know. You say heads yes, you know, heads you say yes, tails you say no. He's like, go ahead, do it, I'm feeling lucky. And it says one, and he covers his ears, and Barbara looks at it, she's like, did this really just happen? You gave me a two-headed coin? Well, keep your silly coin, my answer is, and then ba-boom, 
They have an explosion. We need those Joker jackets, man. Like, those are the best. <laughs> those are the best Joker jackets. Of, of anything, like, if you guys ever bring Vanity, uh, Vanity back, we got to have something like half your face, half Cumbies, and the same exact thing with green hair. If anything, is, uh, if anything, if we we had to cheap out like full on '90s windbreakers. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, now we see a we see the explosion. We see a truck on its side, or not on its side, on on its on the front. Damn. We see the uh, we see the twins, and then we we see people running, and we see a riot breaking out. And then we see good old Batman. He's just like, you know, Gordon, are you are you reading my location? Good. They've got artillery. Bring out your big guns. I think I just figured out their plan. Ah, the detectives. And he, as he swoops in, a helicopter picks up the two armored cars and is trying to take them. You know, and the uh, we got two people flying this helicopter. And Batman is trying to, you know, get them before, and then boom, next thing you know, they crash right into a building. And we hear behind them, gentlemen, new plan. Let us blow this meddling bastard to hell. Batman turns around, massive gunfire coming right at him. Origin of the penny, baby. Yep. Next you know, he's hiding behind this gigantic penny as the Batmobile sweeps, swoops around. And we see everybody running with the, what I believe is the cops in a helicopter. And we see Harvey Dent on there with the National Guard. You know, why, you know, National Guard, why not? You know, we're a national laughing stock. Hold on. Gotham City, always good for a freak show. Before we get too far, we get a good one-liner. Shields up. I popped for that, man. I popped for that. Shields up. Remember when he, like, radios the Batmobile? Shields up. <laughs> nice. Okay. I, I popped for that one, man. Like that was Jesus, man. If this was the weekend, we'd be up to like. If this was the weekend and like you were standing over at mom and pop's house right now, we'd be up all night watching all three of them. <laughs> yeah. Nobody watches Batman or Robin. Nobody. I love that movie. <laughs> Joel Schumacher made it silly. It was. 60s and no one got it and everyone just shit on it anyway yes and i will continue to till the day i die it'll be all right i won't hold it to you nor should you it's a horrible movie almost killed batman bat nipples i rest my case <laughs> and i buried myself here we go again <laughs> So he's trying. He's, he's trying to. You know, he's on the phone talking about where's Gordon, and then somebody snags Barbara's purse, and he ends up. Harvey ends up running after him, and next thing you know, there's three of them with guns, and we got a pissed off DA, and he pop, he takes his watch off and pops him right in the nose with it, and next thing you know, he's like, you know, pulls he pulls out a gun that one of the uh, one of the criminals had. And he flips his coin. Heads you die, tails you walk. And somebody, somebody say, what's you know, what's it say? Oh God, Mister, no, please. And we hear bam, bam. 
and Barbara turns the corner running in and turns out that Harvey was shooting the gun in the air being like I just I'm just trying to scare him you know she's like you know you could have been killed I can replace a purse I can't replace you and she's like you know you can't just ignore this Barbara copycat criminals vigilantes copycats you know, there's no room on the streets for law-abiding citizens as the Batmobile rolls by. So next morning, Bruce Wayne wakes up, thanks to Alfred, and he walks downstairs, and, you know, right there before his eyes is good old Harvey Dent, wanting to talk. In the very same room that him and Vicky Vale uh, took their soup to, where... Uh Alfred was telling the embarrassing tale of uh, of Bruce riding the the horse, in in part one, mm-hmm. uh, like they, they no detail was spared. It's the same room that Bats was in, uh, same way. Uh, I I want to say this is the room where uh, or similar to when uh, um, Dick Grayson came to uh, live at Wayne Manor, very similar. But that same room where the the small little kitchen where Alfred. You know, was telling the story. Oh, okay, awesome. And I didn't pick up on that. Don't forget, though, it's absolutely Michael Keaton. I'm loving it. I'm popping every fucking panel on this one, man. Yeah. I'm hearing the right voices. Like, uh, even from behind, we haven't seen Alfred yet, but then we see him at the front. That, that is absolutely our, our Alfred, like the, our mm-hmm. original Alfred, Mr. Uh, Michael Gow, like I said earlier. We're taking yep. down the Batman. Motherfucker, I just woke up. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole thing, you know. He, he want, um, Harvey Dent wants to take down Batman to clean up the streets. And he's, he's talking about how this is this is going to this is gonna mean going up against Jim Gordon. And, you know, Bruce is just like, aren't you dating his daughter, though? And he's just like, actually, we're engaged. And he's like, you know, what do you, you know, congratulations, but, you know, what do you want from me? You know, and they're talking about how, you know, they just, you know, they just keep talking about stuff. And they're talking about this whole ordeal while watching the TV. And, you know, Bruce talked about how Batman saved $31 million from that armored car. But Harvey counter offers, but yeah, but he was $26 million in damage. You know, see, you know, even if, even when he wins, he loses, and he's you know he costs the city. You know, but then he turns around, and he's like, "Yo, just last night I was almost killed in an alley, you know, while out with my fiance, and Batman just drove right past." Pause. Next panel. Look at the line of shadow over Harvey's face. Mm-hmm. Look how one side is distorted and the other is getting there. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, one of his eyes, that same eye seems just slightly bigger exactly. than his other eye. Exactly. I didn't catch that. What a... I, I was popping so hard on this one, man. But even then, like, I, I, I turned the page, like, because, you know, we're, like... It, it, there's no way that was by accident. No. It's foreshadowing. It's happening. Unfully intended. It's happening, man. And then as he's cruising away in his old, like, uh, what would you even call that car? I don't know shit about old cars, but it's like an old, like, like Rolls-Royce cruiser. What the fuck is that? But even then, um, 
it, 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 it harkens to one of the best parts about Batman the Animated Series. Is this the 20s, or is it the future? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, as, as he's driving away, though, you know, he's like, you know, Bruce Wayne isn't wanting to be involved in this, you know. Which is what I figured. I just wanted to hear him say it. So, and then he says, what, what are we finding in the Batman locker? Sergeant Barbara Gordon. Look at these schematics, man. These are gorgeous. Like it, it's it's a kind of a cross between a boomerang and a throwing star, which looks to be a computerized targeting system. Okay, that makes perfect sense right now. Kids would be like, "Of course it is." Who gives a shit? But like yeah. back in '89, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's not, amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. I want a battering. Where can I get a battering, Dad? Look at all the extra stuff. Okay, so uh, earlier. Uh, were you a fan of the gauntlets coming out of the top of his wrist, or would you rather the shooter? Uh, hmm. it, it, it confused. Yeah, grow, growing up with the animated series, I'd say the shooter. Ah, uh, the shooter was great, but like, it confused me. Did, did they come out from the top? Like, this is a uh, is this an argument between web shooter and uh, natural made webs without the shooters? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's fucking cool as shit, man. This is like. Like, uh, before we get too far, the one of the things that really sticks out to me is that we were cheated from a Two-Face. This is actually mm-hmm. the second time we've been cheated from Two-Face. Uh, season four of the of the 1960s Batman uh, live-action show was supposed mm-hmm. to have Two-Face. And it yeah. got ta- canceled too early, and we got fucked out of Two-Face. Like, yeah. I've seen a couple of the designs that they had for it, and we were absolutely fucked out of that, man. <laughs> well, I know they brought him back for the uh, the one animated movie they did. They, they did. The Batman 66. They Not did. Not the same. Not But again, the they're trying to make amends. But, I'm, dude, I'm, like, it's, 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 um, uh, I think it's a good segue. They made Billy Dee Williams because he was the right actor for the right part. Mm-hmm. They didn't hire him because he was black. They hired him because he was Billy D. fucking Williams. He was awesome. Yeah. Now, nowadays, I would question it. Did they hire him because he was black to make black people happy and and talk down to them? And because we got to fill in that that demographic? I'm not saying I don't want to black anybody. I'm saying that like I don't I don't want studios filling in spaces because they feel they have to make certain demographics happy. Um, it has to be organic and be, be awesome. Yeah. I never had a problem with a black Billy D. Williams. Uh, I'm sorry, black Harvey Dent. Um, yeah, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's pretty funny. Actually, uh, I'll give you that. A, a, a black. I didn't give a shit, man. He was awesome. It didn't matter to me. I didn't feel like I don't know. I always I think we've had that conversation like with the it really depends on if it if the ethnicity matters to the character. Well, there's that too. There there is like, that. If it too. matters to the character, yeah, it's, it, it it can be a huge deal. The, the, but there, like if it doesn't matter, if it's not an integral like part like part of the character's like history, then you then you can then you can get away with it, you know. I, I agree because there's there's certain times where that it's gonna throw people off, but at the same yeah. time though, I don't think 
Tim Burton hired Billy Williams because he was a black guy and he wanted to make uh, the African American community in the United States or the entire world. They filmed this in in, in Britain actually. Um, no, okay. Happy. No, they they just picked they picked someone awesome. And, yeah. And and it 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 wasn't catering or condescending. The the way that we we got to talk about this real quick. That all of a sudden Tim Drake is bisexual. Yeah, they just snuck that in. Like, okay, he's bisexual now. So all you bisexuals, go buy uh, Tim Drake uh, comics now, and uh, now we're catering to you. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I, I, it's a cash grab. Now, like I said earlier, like if it's a good issue, like where we did, like uh, you know, the Snake Eyes sign issue. I mean, if mm-hmm. Tim Drake met a dude that was awesome and they hit it off and they had a date. I have no problem with that. If it's good character development, all for it. But but just to just randomly make him bisexual, I feel it's a cash grab, and I think it's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it's it really kind of... I don't know, it's interesting. Like, we've kind of had that conversation here and there about changing changing integral parts of characters. If it makes sense, it's fine. Yeah. But, but if it's a cash grab, it's condescending, and it's... It's cash grab. Like, oh, I'm bisexual, so I guess I should read all the uh, Tim Drake uh, comics now. Um, yeah. I mean, they took they took a they took the Robin that kind of like, you know, not to, you know, nobody really cares about Tim Drake. Like every now and again, you get a guy that's really into Tim Drake, but it's it's few and far between, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found no heart to it. I found no heart to it. I found it hollow, and if I was looking for that sort of character to relate to. You know, like, um, I loved Jose Canseco because he was the the cool brown guy that wasn't... He looked like me. I was a kid. You know, there, yeah. was, there was hardly any of them like that when I was a kid playing, uh, obsessed with baseball. Jose Canseco yeah. was awesome. He was brown just like me. I, he wasn't Mexican or native like me, but he was Cuban. And he mm-hmm. drove a Lamborghini, and he was banging Madonna. He filled in all the blanks. <laughs> he, he was living the life I wanted to live yes, as he, an eight-year-old. Yes, he was. And uh, uh, I just, I just the 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 two, the two, they're not even parallel. Like the one's a, a weird algorithm to get people to buy comics and satiate people, and hey, we're inclusive. No, fuck you. You're not inclusive. Write a better story. Write a fucking better character. Yeah, I mean, it really, like, I mean, they're, they're, it's something to be said for experimenting. You can try different things, but, like, like you got to be, you know, sometimes that stuff works, sometimes it doesn't. Like, I hated when they did the whole thing where Batman had died and freaking we turned around and Jim Gordon was now Batman. I, I thought I, uh, I hated that. I got the I got the issues, but I was like, this is garbage. I, I... Or, or, like, when freaking, um, when, uh, when they killed off Nightwing, so oh. Dick Grayson became a spy. Oh, dude! And he was—it was just Grayson the comic books for like a year and a half. I was dude, it was garbage. I stopped reading. Dude, they've been making fun of those comics within Nightwing. <laughs> yeah. They, they um, but the one thing uh, that Two Face comic, that graphic novel I gave you, um, mm-hmm. where Harvey is not Two Face, he's no longer yeah. scarred. That one is uh don't read it if you're don't read it if you're in a dark place. 
Gotcha. It's it's fucking gnarly. It, it is so good. Yeah. It, like they, they tested the waters and it worked. But nice. We're we're getting this semblance here of an African American culture and an African American man who is filling in the or not filling in who is that's the wrong word that's the uh, he is he's Harvey Dent just mm-hmm. pure and simple he's Harvey Dent just fucking deal with it, it, it the, the story's great um I, like I said I don't think they're catering to anyone and in, in, in condescending and he goes back to his old uh, haunts yeah the Royale yep and he ends up running into old friends and trying to make you know he's trying to make a point being like yo hey I'm you know I'm trying to represent and be be something other than just a pros- a prosperous man who's not an athlete. You know, I'm trying to want to get. I want to show that there are options other than just you know, being an athlete to you know to get out. That was a great point, man. There, like you know, and and then they you know illustrated it. Yeah, you, I, I've I've had a I have a lot of African American friends that have told me that sort of thing. Like, yeah, you know, in order to get out here, you got to be an athlete. Or, but I've got friends that are tattoo artists that that didn't have to get out of nowhere. Like you know, they just yeah. like it's just a good story. Yep. And we turn around, freaking. You see him later on that night, freaking at a press conference, and he's you know one of the kids he was talking to had a uh, had a Batman hoodie on, and he's throwing that hoodie. You know, he's showing that hoodie off, talking about you know I see young people wearing the colors of this lawless maverick. And we tell our children re- re- obey the law and respect it, and yet our commissioner, you know, Jim Gordon, is over here in- embracing the vigilante, you know, and we're selling this thing to children that like you want to be like Batman. You know, and you, you, you kind of see his point. You kind of see that you know. It's, He's got a great point. Yeah. He's not you know, wrong. You want you want to be like respect the police, but then you want to do that while wearing you know the colors of somebody who doesn't respect the police at all. Or at least that's Harvey Dent's opinion of the situation. Now, the couch that Bruce is on in front of the fire is the same couch that him and Michelle Pfeiffer were making out on when they both realized uh, what was up. Yeah. I mean, it was at the dance, but afterwards they're making out in front of that. That was the same couch Vicky Vale was sitting on. I love it. Nice. And then we turn around and freaking, you know, Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne's watching this. Well, Alfred's like, sir, you might want to turn around and look at this. And we see a bat symbol in the sky, but it's, uh, in the you know, wrong it's got spot. slash through it. It's in the wrong spot. It was supposed to sign into his, uh, in his, uh, his study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we see the, uh, we see it's crossed out, though, on top of that. And he's like, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't Gordon, obviously. But, you know, it raises the question, if Gordon didn't do this, who threw the switch? And we turn around, we see Batman out by the police station so they can't see him. And sure enough, it is Harvey Dent and Harvey Bullock. You know, plus there are three snipers in the building nearby. And they're, you know, ready to shoot if need be. Snipers, man. That's yep. kind of fucked up, man. <laughs> I don't know about, I mean, the whole thing's crazy. We're hunting vigilantes. I mean, what are you going to do in that case, you know? 
you're a quote-unquote law-abiding citizen and, you know, somebody's not wanting to abide by the law, you know, sometimes you gotta take the law into your own hands. You do. And we got... And be the vigilante. Hmm. Maybe it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm loving the data technology here. Like, if we'd have seen Gordon with, like, this super headpiece... <laughs> With his bottle of... Is that, that's not Jack. It's like a cross between Jim Beam and Jack. Like it's like a, Oh, it's Jim, it's Jim Beam to be sure. See a Beam guy? And I never noticed? Oh, it, it's Je totally Jim Beam. I guess I can see it. But he's chugging that while I was looking at pictures of him and Barbara. Yeah, man, he's, he's talking and Batman's getting a hold of him on the secret channel. And then as soon as they're done, he just he destroys his headpiece. That way they can't get him. You know, we see uh see people, we see the uh it looks like the army's coming in. They're talking about how curfew begins in ten minutes, please get to your homes. You know, this is gonna be strictly enforced. You think this is a COVID thing? No. Okay. No, I don't think so at all. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, now we see uh, Batman trying to help somebody, and then we turn around and he sees a kid with a baby break, you know, sneaking into a, what appears to be his home, and it turns out somebody, sh no, somebody shot at his diapers. Turns out he had uh, stolen some baby food and diapers for his child, so he just doesn't have the money to pay for them. No food for himself either. That's not honorable. Yeah. yeah. You know, freaking and Batman. You know, Batman's like, you know, where's the money you took? And he's like, I didn't take any money. I just took diapers and baby food. My kid's crying all day. I got to do something. And he's just like, and Batman's just like, how old are you? Where's the mother? And then you hear somebody say, I'm out here. And freaking, he's like, you know, who's out there? Blah blah blah. And we turn around and somebody, you know, very well hidden with a uh, black and yellow cape. Karate kicks Batman right in the face because it's in the 80s, so it's got to be a karate kick. Got to be karate kick. Yep. So these two masked vigilantes end up, you know, fighting it out a little bit on this freaking in this alley. And then, as Batman leaves, the other vigilante ends up handing the handing the guy some money. He's like, you know, it, it's only eight dollars. That's all I've got. And Batman, as he exits fire escape. See some, uh, see some of the uh, the army men, and it's like, well, what do we hear? That's right, that's him, all right. If you move a muscle, let him have it. As they prepare to shoot Batman. Next issue, showdown in Burnside. Showdown. Do you get the joke here, man? He's given to the rich. He's taken from the rich and given to the poor. <laughs> Robin mm -hmm. Hood. <laughs> he's in the actual yep. hood. I guarantee you, it's that black kid that like wasn't happy what seeing uh, Harvey Dent walk into the uh, old haunt. Yeah, very well could be. The one with the Batman hoodie? The one with the black Batman hoodie. There's no way that wasn't him. And uh, what's the... I forget his name. I've only read like three or four issues. Uh, the black kid that's in the all yellow that... Oh, uh, Signal. Signal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The yellow comes in summer. He's in, he's what is it? Dark green and yellow. 
But even then, uh, I'm thinking they're going to integrate something like that. Because Signal was badass, man. I loved his story. Yeah. They didn't write no, Signal. I think, I think this is going to end. Yeah, Signal's not going to be in this. But I think this is definitely leading towards the uh, the much-talked-about Marlon Wayne's Robin. Oh, that would be gnarly, man. I'm not saying he's Signal. I'm just saying the fact that they're probably taking... They've, they've cherry-picked... A lot of things to going on in Batman, and added that with the old school '89 shit. And this is mm-hmm. this is hands down my favorite comic book the entire week. Oh, nice! It's it's a it's a nice little nostalgic romp. I, I enjoy the thought process. I enjoy the fact that they're actually gonna, you know, give us what they took away all those years ago with freaking Two Face and Billy D. Williams. I like the fact that they're integrating integrating Robin into the story a little bit. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh. Tim Burton's version of Robin will, will be like. He's got to be pulling some strings on this, man. This was too gothically perfect. As as old school goth, none of this pissed me off. <laughs> nice. The the only thing that pissed me off in least bit was there's too many scenes in the day. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. That was that it. is true. That was it. Uh, every time we saw any old school Batman stuff, it was always overcast. Um, it's too sunny in Gotham. God damn it. It's always sunny in Gotham, they say. They don't say that. Could you imagine running a wrestling fed in Gotham? Could you imagine yeah. how gnarly that would be? <laughs> I tell you what, Killer Croc would be my undefeated champion, I'll tell you that. Undefeated champion, and I'd show up like, I've got, I've got Selman Gundy. I'm like, motherfucker, you never said nothing about that. And I'm like, well, it's Tuesday. I specifically chose Tuesday. <laughs> Well, we only run on freaking Fridays. Ah, oh, god damn it! And my champion is side. Well, but yeah, no, freaking. Cause that was the thing. Killer Croc was a wrestler. It's one of the one of the old jokes about him. Oh, I'm pretty sure. It was, either it was true or I made it up. One or the other. Either that, or we could like do like a one issue series of when like uh, Batman travels to Greece and learns Greco Roman wrestling on his way in between learning uh, ballroom dancing and ninjutsu on the way to fucking Japan. <laughs> oh no, that's gonna be a thing. Awesome. Uh, stop <laughs> listening to our show, guys. Stop stealing our ideas. <laughs> he was trained by Vesuvius. You know what would really kick ass about Batman? If he had a windowless van. <laughs> I sneak it into everything now. <laughs> if Batman He's got a cave. He doesn't need a windowless van. Nobody had... needs a windowless van. The Joker there has never in eighty years there has never been a bat windowless van. Well the Joker had one. But it was purple. But Batman, no. Batman's windowless fan would be awesome. <laughs> I'm not letting this go until we get a windowless fan. Why do we need a windowless fan? Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go spend all my extra birthday money on a bunch of lottery tickets, and when I win enough, I'm getting a windowless fan, and all our trips cross country are gonna be awesome. <laughs> And you're like, God damn, this windowless van is There's great. There's going to be no windows. It's going to be hot. No, it's going to be... No, of course. I'll, I'll pay the extra gas for the really good air conditioner. I don't give a shit. 
Have a Yeti, have a Yeti cooler. There will be no windowless van. <laughs> of all the worst ideas you've ever had, this is the worst of the worst. The Batman should have a windowless van. I understand. Yeah. Uh, but what if uh, the new Robin had a windowless van? The Punisher had a he windowless van. He doesn't even have a driver's license yet. No, he probably does not. And I can't, dude. Like I gotta say, this was like. I'm not a sucker for nostalgia. I usually hate nostalgia. It really, oh, yeah? really pisses me off. But this was so perfectly... I, I'm sure there's like... I'm going to read this three more times and find like three or more things I didn't notice. Like pointing out the, the fireplace scene, the, 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 the breakfast nook. Um, even the, the rooftop that the, the bat signal's on. The windows. Like, yep. yeah, the that's not where the bat signal goes through. I, I, did, I actually didn't notice the X through it, or the, the, the no Batmans. Um, yeah, no Batman. It's not safe here, sir. The same city hall where uh, Joker threw that uh, feather, that darted oh, feather. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a, I think it's in... See, they're Ohio or Michigan where they uh, made... It's in Guam. Uh, no, it's not in Guam. You used to live there. Trust me, I would have found it. Um, okay. I think it's in Ohio or Michigan. Where it's an abandoned set that was all those buildings. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's still there. That'd be insane. They didn't destroy it. Uh, I know they destroyed the uh, house that they made for Beetlejuice, but... What would you give this one? I don't know, man. Freaking, I'm, I'm, the anticipation a ten. Like I want to see where this goes. Anticipation, hundred percent ten. Yeah. As far as a comic though, like seven. I'd probably say seven. Seven sounds good. I probably would have said that. Freaking, like it's good, but like we never really got Barbara Gordon, and like I kind of feel like Barbara and Harvey. Like, it it just doesn't it doesn't freaking blend well for me. Like the age, I just feel like Harvey would be older. Like he'd be like a compatriot of gems, right? Let alone, but it's it's weird to be like, but he's hooking up with your daughter. Yeah, like that just that just doesn't come off. Like that just doesn't come off like something that would have been played out. And like I don't. It just kind of seems like Barbara Gordon at this point is an unnecessary character. Oh, that... Like, it's now just that, for now like, that a little bit more animosity. A little bit more animosity. Now that you say that Barbara's a... unnecessary character, it's a six. Don't you dare do that to Barb. <laughs> yeah, she just... You know, she just... Like, you know, Barbara's such an integral part of the Batman mythos that freaking it doesn't... It just doesn't work. Like, unless we're going to eventually get a part where, like, I mean, she could, in theory, be Batgirl already, for all we know. Right. But, like, we haven't. Unless that's going to happen, then, you know, hey, I'm wrong. But, like, Barbara Gordon isn't the kind of character that freaking no should be, like, a third-string character. Not at all. Like, if she's going to be involved in something, she needs to be involved. I wasn't sold on uh, Barb until uh, Gil Simone was writing uh, Birds of Prey. 
Oh, nice. Uh, she really hammered it home that she wasn't just a damsel in distress playing that dress up. Or some chick that used to be paralyzed because the dripper shot on the spine and raped her. Because that was mm -hmm. a terrible story. Well, it was a great story, but, like, you know, it was, it was a terrible part of a good story. Um, yeah. After that, man, like, now that you say that, that they downplayed Barb, yeah, now six. <laughs> six. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, if, if, if it leads somewhere, then cool. But if it's just like, oh, my God, Harvey, you're a two-fish now. Ah! Then it's like, not you know you it's like freaking cassandra kane and birds of prey you literally she literally could have been anybody else okay. and it wouldn't matter it wouldn't have mattered for the story you just threw her in there to have an, a, a quote-unquote a name right plus the the other thing that confuses me is that we have no falcone yet yeah not as of yet not as of yet uh this is a but you gotta remember series. too though yeah we we could we could a get Falcone, but b we already talked about it. There though there was a whole different avenue of how he would have become Two Face in the in the uh, in the movies. Right. So Falcone might not even play into this version of the story. Yeah, I would have been. So, I mean, how would you have felt if there was no uh, Christopher Walken character? I mean, if we'd have had Two Face, and it was Harvey, I, you know, in all honesty, I wouldn't have minded. Like the Max Shrek character wasn't anything. Like it was cool, but like I don't, it neither made nor broke the movie. It didn't, but it, it now that I, in hindsight, because it it, it should have been Harvey, but they they changed the Max because like I wouldn't have believed that Catwoman was like underling of this guy or or like so many different aspects about it. I mean she was working for the DA's office maybe mm -hmm. but there's yeah that would have been a little bit too long of a story to to build into like her 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 namelessness you know uh, yeah what what did the what did the uh the letter spell out um help me or um remember she had the neon letters Oh yeah, and one of them, and they burn out. Yeah, she 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 smashed him in a specific way. I mean, look that up real quick. Uh, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it definitely spelled something specific. Let me look it up real quick. Catwoman neon sign. Hello there. To hell here. Ah. Okay. Nah, that that yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it, I don't, like I said, it would have built to something, so that would have been awesome, because, like, we just, they just killed off the Max Shrek character. They didn't really, it didn't do anything long-term. I mean, it's always, I always like seeing Steve, you know, freaking seeing, seeing him on movies and whatnot. Right. But freaking, like, it's not, it wouldn't have been a make-or-break movement either way. Right. But yeah, I definitely, like I said, Two-Face has always been one of my favorite Batman villains. You're going to love him. So like, it, definitely, it definitely would have been cool to see him fully form into the freaking, into Two-Face. Oh, Billy D. Williams would have been an amazing Two-Face, man. He, he's, yeah. he can still pull it off, man. He can still pull it off. Like, uh, 
But you're going to love Two-Face ten times more when you read that graphic novel I gave you. Nice. Yeah, freaking done for the week, so I might freaking take that in tomorrow and start reading it. Uh, that one, do not... Don't bring that to work with you. Because ah. you're going to take every... You're, it's not It's not that it's not safe for work. Uh, you're not going to be there at work all day. Like, you're just going to take every... It's going to be just getting back to that fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I read that... Uh, I remember when my buddy uh, Jimmy gave that to me. Um, he actually said pass it on. Nice. He, he, someone gave that to him, and then he gave it to me. He, he actually said pass it on. That was that was cool to find that man. Um, awesome. Man, it's late. We've been bat fielding it for a while. We were gonna do a short episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, not with not with the whole Suicide Squad thing. We definitely weren't gonna do. We we had planned to go a little lighter on the books just because of that, but yeah. <laughs> But two and a half hours, not too bad. Not too bad at all, man. Uh, anything you want to uh, wrap up here? We've got, um, we're going on the hunt this weekend for uh, some free-ass comics. Hopefully, yep. hopefully uh, something is killing the children number one is still there. Oh, you're going to hate yourself in the morning if it's not. He said he had another one. He did, but. He said another one. All right, but even then, uh, yeah, I will hate myself in the morning for that one. I just uh, I'm saying I'm just saying the dude behind us bought freaking that ninety nine dollar X Men two sixty six, so Hey, I'm glad that guy's dream come true. He got his first gambit. God bless him. Yeah. yeah. I I'm I'm hoping that it's on his wall right now. Fucking military dude just stoked. Oh, that's on my list for a while. I that yeah. just, I wish I wish don't let me turn the camera off no more. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, don't let me turn the camera off because I, I put it down to check out. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's all I got, man. Uh, we've got uh, Primo's coming up. Yep. We got New Era coming up. We got, we got the big uh, the big return show for New Era freaking September 18th. So big ass. Year and a half out, so freaking. Come, hopefully, we come back with a bang. Yep, and it's no. We're gonna come back with a fucking. I can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm so stoked for New Era, man. We're gonna we're gonna kick some ass. I'm gonna portrait backstage and all the shit for Girl Off with Foam. It'll, all that. Awesome. Stuff, Sounds but, like a plan. Send us off, brother. Alrighty. This is dangerous. This is minefields. This transmission is over.